0: Love Talk Radio.
1: There is nothing more polarizing to a college football fan base than a controversy over whether a coach should be fired. Unless you count the subject of who should be playing quarterback, they're on equal footing. Tonight, as we begin a new edition of Kane Sport Live, it is fair to say that the debate is live within itself within the Canes Nation. Mark Rick has made his decision on who will start tomorrow night against North Carolina, but he's not telling anybody just yet. On one side of the equation, you have Malik Rozier, a 14-3 record as a starting quarterback, very good by the standards of most college football programs, but not good enough in Miami where the expectation, fair or not fair, is winning every single football game that is played. Rozier is a universally acknowledged average talent based on the raw criteria of the position. Nobody, I don't believe, tonight, for starters, will argue that point. He does bring a large amount of game experience to the table, and that has had great value to, co- to a coach like Mark Richt, who wants to know he can count on whomever he puts on the field to make the right decisions, play after play. On the other side is Nakosi Perry, the redshirt freshman with very good raw athletic skills. He has a better arm than Rozier. He has slightly greater athleticism. There is a great disparity in the experience department with just a few quarters against a weak FIU team last Saturday as the Perry sample size. But that outing was a very good one. And Perry clearly has more upside than Rosier. He has more upside than Rozier, a very key factor in this whole equation. And that is what Rick must balance in making his quarterback decisions, not just tomorrow night, but really for the rest of the season. Everyone is excited about what happened against FIU but nobody really knows what they will get from the cozy Perry as the level of competition increases. The Rick challenge, can he win every game left on the schedule, win the coastal division and get to Charlotte and develop Perry at the same time? Will Rick pick one quarterback or the other? Or will Rosier and Perry share the position for the final eight games? Rick is keeping what is on his mind very close to the vest. So as we start the discussion tonight, let's begin by hearing directly from the horses now. Well uh,
2: I'm going to you know, continue to watch practice and let everybody know what's up when it's time to let them know. But um, Malik got first team reps. Kosey got first team reps. We had uh, Weldon got some first team reps, so um you know we think all three of those guys have you know gotten to the point where they've earned the right to play and we're just going to continue to watch them practice and see who he thinks the best guy to help us win you know a lot of times the qb position is more settled than it is right this second but um the very good news is we've got some really competent guys that can play and uh that's what i'm most excited about you know you know, a year ago, you know Evan Sheriffs was certainly a guy that we had a lot of faith could come in and know exactly what to do and could come in and play for us. But you know, the other two guys really weren't ready. Just like today, Jaron Williams is not ready. In the future, Jaron, when he is ready, will be. He'll 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 be he'll put pressure on people. You know, once he learns what he needs to learn, and not just the system, but also. You know leadership skill, more You know more leadership skills. I'm not saying he's not doesn't have leadership skills, but you know it just takes time for a quarterback to really be ready to truly compete. The the competition at first is learning what to do and learning how to be that leader and and uh, learning how to make sure you handle your business on and off the field. I mean all those things come into play. So when Jaron gets there, he's going to put heat on everybody too. Uh yeah, there's been. I mean I've had times uh, where. um you know, just not 100% sure, but, um, you know, I probably had more times where I had the starter and then the number twos were split in time and a little bit more of that, not sure who two was probably, but, um, again, I, I'm, I feel good because I know we got guys that can play and uh, if we were scrambling around because everybody's struggling, that's a problem, and like I said, Malik did nothing wrong, you know, just the young guys are just kept maturing and getting better and and you know, got to the point where it's time to see what they can do. And Kosi got the got that opportunity. Well, if anybody remembers, he wasn't even at the first game. So how can he how could he be the starting quarterback if he's not going to be at the first game? If I know six months ago he's not going to be in the first game, how could he be the starter? It's not going to happen. It, it gets to the point where you got to you know put a guy in the game and see what you can do. But you know, you put a guy in the game. You put a guy in Toledo. And you know he's making his he scrambles to the left and decides to launch it and throws a pick, gets a pick six, and all of a sudden it, it ignites that team and ignites that that stadium. You know, I mean, I'm not doing I'm not doing a young guy a favor for his first out first big opportunity to put him in a position that if he does make a mistake that freshmen do, that it, it could you know be tough to recover from. You know, so you know the part of it is just the timing of making sure things are right. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna Play the guy that gives us the best chance to win on a weekly basis, game by game. You know, I've coached him for 34 years or 35 years. It's where I feel um, if somebody's ready or not, or who again, who gives us the best chance? In my opinion, uh, who gives us the best chance to win? And that—that's all the factors of a quarterback: accuracy, you know, con, you know, leadership, uh, uh, understanding of the game plan, helping the team get into the right protections, helping the team get into the right. Um, run game, a guy who knows when to pull the ball, when not to in the in the zone read and all the Q b run that we have, a guy that 'll secure the ball as a runner, a guy that won 't throw the ball into harm's way every time something doesn 't go well you know i got a saying don't turn a bad play into a catastrophe it 's a bad play you might have to eat, eat it, take a sack. you might have to throw it out of bounds, you might go for a scramble, get a couple yards, but don't throw the ball up for grabs, man, you know so uh you know all those factors.
1: Hello again everybody, I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of CaneSport.com, and I welcome you once again to CaneSport Live, presented this season by Sicilian Oven Restaurants, with six locations throughout the South Florida area. At Sicilian Oven, you'll not only love the taste, you will taste the love. As always... This is your show, and it's going to be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 563-999-3633. That's 563-999-3633. Over 100 open phone lines, as always, plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. You know the system. You hit the number one on your keypad after you call in if you want to come on the show. That places you in the queue. We bring you on the show in the order that you land in the queue. There might be a long wait tonight, though. Be prepared for that. A lot of people want to talk quarterbacks. We once again ask subscribers at canesport.com to post the topics and questions that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. We'll address them tonight as we move forward. So quarterbacks, what route will Mark Rick choose? And um, I'm going to give you my thoughts on the situation here at the top of the show. I'm sure that you'll want to express yours also as you come on later, and we move forward. Like I said earlier, Rozier has never been more than an average talent doing his very best to help the Hurricanes win. It began in 2015 when Brad Kaye got hurt, and he was called upon to win on the road, and he did. It continued last season when he led the team to a 10-0 start. Everything was great up to that point. He hit a wall at Pitt. The team hit a wall at Pitt. They played a Clemson team that was far superior to them. I don't care who the quarterback was. Miami wasn't winning that game. And in the Wisconsin game, they lost a tough football game against another very good team. When you're playing in one of the, the Power Bowl games at the end of the year and going against a fellow team that's probably ranked in the top 10, it's going to be a tight very hard fought, in many cases, competitive game. That's what that Wisconsin game was, and Miami lost that one. But the reality is that the team has not been good enough too many times in these past 10 months. You can't ignore four losses. Now, maybe they were not all Rosier's fault. I don't think they were. But if Miami is going to assure itself of winning the Coastal this year, and showing up better in Charlotte than it did a year ago, the team has to get better. Okay? Now, we've learned with Malik Rozier, not surprisingly, that he is not a good enough individual talent to carry the team to victory when it is not playing either at its best or extremely well. And that right there is the dilemma facing Mark Richt, who was smacked with that again in Dallas. He didn't have a quarterback that could elevate everybody around him and help them walk out of there with a victory. That's why I think Rick was so anxious to see what Perry brought to the table the other night against FIU. When he put him in there for the third series, I don't think he had any idea where it was going, what was going to happen. He had given Nicozy Perry opportunities many times on the practice field, and Perry never knocked the door down. Saturday, he knocked the door down, and that's why we're having this conversation tonight. Now, like I also said a moment ago, Perry provides one Very significant thing that Rozier does not. He provides upside. okay? Rozier, I think we can all fairly say you might argue about what he's brought. You might argue about the level of respect that he deserves, about the hate he certainly doesn't deserve from some people out there. And, you know, it's been quite animated, certainly on the message boards and everywhere else. Uh, But Rozier is what Rozier is at this point. Perry's just getting started. Perry's a redshirt freshman. He's got three, four years in, left in the program. Um, you know, he just provides upside that Malik Rozier doesn't. And that's why there's a controversy or a decision to be made right now. If Rick can develop Perry into a better quarterback than Malik Rozier over these last eight games, and still win all of them? He goes to Charlotte this year with a stronger hand than he had a year ago. But he also must be prepared for the very likely speed bumps that Perry will find. And you certainly can't disrespect Rosier and you can't let Rosier go in the tank because you might need him. And he might still be a very vital part of this football season going forward and hey rick might even decide to start him again tomorrow night just like he did against fiu we don't know although you know i I think most of us are assuming that perry is going to get the start playing perry against lsu was not an option since he was suspended for that game he made enough steady progress through august and september that rick felt it was time to put him out there on the field and see what happened you heard him explain why he didn't want to do it at Toledo. Makes perfect sense. You're not going to compromise a game on the road with a kid that's never really stepped on the field. And I don't think you can count what went on against Savannah State for anything. And Rozier played a spectacular game up there, contributing to five touchdowns, two of them throwing, three of them running the ball. Like Rich said, Rozier has done nothing wrong to open the door for Perry. So we'll see what happens tomorrow night. We'll see which way Rick will go from here. We don't know. If I had to make a bet, it would be that he gives Perry a chance to start tomorrow night. But if he went the other way, would any of us really be surprised? You know, I know I wouldn't. And I don't – honestly, myself, I don't have a personal opinion on this subject. Uh, You know, I see the pluses and minuses of both of these situations. And – I think, you know, like I've said on the message boards, you have to trust Mark Richt with this. If you cannot trust Mark Richt to make decisions on his quarterbacks, probably can't trust Mark Richt really on anything. So these last couple months of the season are not going to be anywhere near as easy as some people think they're going to be. As we sit here and look at what's going on with the other teams in the division, with Virginia Tech losing the Old Dominion last week. The Hurricanes can't sleep on home games against North Carolina, Florida State, and Duke for sure. Uh, and the conference road schedule is not without tough outs as well. Virginia is a surprising 3-1 and, and just routed Louisville 27-3. to three. I think we'll know a lot more about Virginia after Saturday's game at NC State before they start their preparations for the Hurricanes two weeks later. Boston College lost on the road to Purdue last week but you know they're going to be a dangerous opponent on a Friday night in Chestnut Hill Georgia Tech they're struggling but they did put up 602 yards of offense against South Florida and they had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter in Tampa before a crucial fumble derailed them and at Pitt they did rally from a 21 nothing deficit and almost win so Georgia Tech at home they're capable of putting up a fight. Virginia Tech, they went to, you know, yeah, they, they, they laid a massive egg last week, but they did go to Tallahassee and win on opening night before that disaster. So by mid-November, they'll presumably have broken in a new quarterback and, you know, certainly could put together a competitive game. And let's not forget that we really don't know what kind of team the Hurricanes are yet. After a horrible showing in Dallas, Miami has waltzed past Savannah State, Toledo, and FIU. The team has looked good in all three games, but it figures to face tougher challenges in the weeks ahead. I think we all can agree that this team should be good enough to get to Charlotte. By developing Perry, Rip gives himself more options in getting the team to that destination point and making them better than they were when they got there last year. And don't minimize this. He also sends a message up and down his entire roster that there is serious competition on the team and anybody, including the starting quarterback, can have their status change at any moment. That's called getting the attention of your team before you begin the conference schedule. So with all of that, let's get to your calls and hear what you think. The number five six three nine 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 three six three three five six three. 999-3633, Nine 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 three six three three. you hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's begin tonight in the 850, you're live on Kane Sport Live.
3: Hey, what's up Gary, what's up man?
1: I'm doing good, doing? who's
3: this?
1: Omar. Hey, what's Omar. up Omar, Tallahassee,
3: right? Yeah, you coming this way real soon, what, next week, is
1: it? No, we're not coming to Tallahassee. Tallahassee's coming to Miami.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going to t- Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Well, hey, yeah, try to speak into it. your phone cuz your, your volume level's a little low for us. Okay, can you hear me? Yeah, just try to talk a little louder. Go ahead.
3: Okay, but yeah, man. Um, yeah, uh, what's up? What First, first of all, what do you think about this situation with Kelly Bryant, man? I don't really want to talk about him like that, but it just it just happened today. Yeah. Well, I can see what doing doing
1: something like that <laughs> then, well no uh, Rozier's not leaving. he's not leaving it's a, t- it's, a, it's a it's a he's not leaving in the middle of the season here uh but kelly bryant you know yeah,
3: man. i got That's to see crazy. that trevor
1: lawrence kid live a couple times oh, last yeah, year and he is he's the real deal now i mean that kid looked to me like an nfl quarterback coming out of high school and i'm not the least bit surprised that he went there and and, and has won the job this quickly uh, you got to feel for Kelly Bryan. He did nothing but great things to Clemson and, and did nothing but win. But, you know, yeah, just like man, Mark Rick has to same figure same out what's best for the Hurricanes, her. Davos swinney has got to figure out what's best for Clemson. I mean, Clemson thinks they can win the national title this year. And, you know, he's trying to put his team in the best position to do that. And so I wasn't really surprised at all, to be honest with you. Yeah. And
3: it's going around like with everybody. That's crazy, though. Even with, um, like Hurts, he's in the same situation
1: you know, are uh, from Alabama. Yeah, a- a- very similar to what's going on at Clemson. You have that kid Tua, don't ask me to pronounce his last name, uh five-star yeah. quarterback yeah, coming into Alabama, Alabama. Yeah. a great passer. Uh Alabama's got phenomenal talent on the outside with Jerry Judy and and the and uh the, the Antra Smith kid, and uh, you know, they they're a better team with a quarterback that could throw the ball a little bit better than Hurts and and, and they wrote like her. That's,
4: yeah,
3: it, it's crazy because I feel like all three of us are going through that same thing. Like I feel like that's the same situation we're in. But it's yeah, not. It's not Omar. It's not
1: the same fans. situation. It's not the same situation, and here's why. I'm going to tell you why. Because neither Malik Rozier or Nikozi Perry is anywhere near as good as Tua, and they're not as good as Trevor Lawrence. So it's a little different situation. Uh, this is this is this is a situation where you have uh, two quarterbacks that right now are probably at a fairly comparable level. Omar, don't talk to over me. I'm going to let you talk. I'm just saying it's not it's it's a different situation. Neither Malik or um, Nikozy are, and I've seen them all now are at the level of those other two guys. You
3: you saying that because of you haven't seen. Um, What what Perry even in that fire like that? Those guys. Okay, and and maybe Perry
1: develops and gets to that point. You're right. That it. But you're asking me today.
5: Ask me two months from
1: now, and and maybe Perry lights it up and gets to that point. But as we sit here today, it's not close.
3: Yeah, you can say that. I, 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 But I'm just saying, like, we we don't know until we get into that fire. Then we can see, can he really stand up in the fire and take those, you know, take the heat. And one thing I see the dynamic between him and, and Rozier is their scrammability while looking down the field. That's one of the key things with all quarterbacks. Can you scramble and look down the field and still be in your throwing motion as you scrambling? And Rozier, he can't do that. He He tucks the ball away. When it's time for him to, to get out the pocket He tucks it and then For him to throw it back up He got to untuck it and then throw it out You just wasted more time the, You see the old boy Perry He keeps the ball up in his hand he, No matter what's going on Until he decides I'm going to run Then he pull the ball down Other than that the ball stays up
1: so total, total, Totally agree it, That's, what he did. That's what he did the other night Now we have to see what he does As the competition gets a little tougher
3: yeah. Okay. Now, um, one another thing I want to talk about, man, Joe Jackson. I feel like he he's he's going ghost a little bit. I know it's early. It's still early, but I don't know
0: what's going on.
3: It's it seems it feels like he's playing like Thomas played last year. Like how Thomas would go ghost. You like what what's going on with Thomas? You don't you don't see yeah. that same dynamic happen?
1: I do. I I see the same thing you're seeing. I've seen it. I saw it all last year too. I didn't think he played anywhere close his capability level uh don't know i you know i do think he's got a little bit of, of an issue uh i believe it's with his elbow yeah. and 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 oh, that could be that could okay. be hindering him hindering him a little bit he had to go out of the game for a while against fiu but he did come back in
6: okay. uh,
1: you know you know he could be playing a little hurt okay, but
3: yeah but uh
1: you know there's no doubt he's capable of better yeah well
3: um okay my last point um Who do you see that – because it's like the line, I feel like they still haven't had that that real test other than LSU, you know, so they kind of got a little cohesion or whatnot. But who do you see is like kind of a weak Lincoln on, on, on that line
0: that has the most troubles right now?
1: Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of trouble Quite frankly, I, I think Tyree St. Louis yeah. is a right ta- is a right tackle. I think Navon Donaldson is a guard. I think you're playing with oh, three guards that are average. You know, man,
3: that was, that was that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say that I see um, um, Donaldson. He, he he's struggling a lot, and I think he need to go back to guard, right guard. And I I, I like to see um, what's the the uh, freshman uh, Scaife. I'd like to see him at right tackle and see what he can do. Yeah, move. I don't
1: know that you're going to see them. I, I don't disagree with you at all. Uh, I don't think that that's a move that I, I can't believe they would make that move right now. Uh, maybe when they get to the open week, maybe if they're not happy with the way the offensive line's going, they can make that adjustment. But right now, I think after these guys have been working like this all through spring and fall, I'd be surprised if they did that right now.
3: Yeah, yeah. I just see that if it, if there's any – it's going to be that testament. It, it is this game coming up, uh, uh, you know, one of these next two games. But it's going to be that testament to, to see who really is, you know, because right now these last couple of games you really can't tell, you know, what, what we really got because we ain't playing nobody, really, you know. So it's really you can't tell until you get that, that other elite athletes on across from you like LSU was. But um, I ain't going to waste no more of your time. Listen in, keep me on mute,
1: and yeah, man, go. No hurricanes. All right, Omar, thanks for the call. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633 is the number. You hit the one on your keypad. You want to come on the show? We're going to go now to the 305, home of the U. You're live on KM Sport Live.
7: Hey. hey, Gary, how are you tonight?
1: Doing great. Who's this, is Adam? Yeah. Be How you doing this week? For
7: the, I'm doing good. Um, I have a couple questions. Um, what do you think for tomorrow night? One thing that we can really exploit North Carolina on, because I really haven't. The only game I saw was when they looked awful against East Carolina. Like the other games, I haven't even noticed about North Carolina.
1: I mean I think you should be able to score on them, right? I mean they 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 they, they,
7: well, they No, obviously. But I meant they,
1: like they and gave up f- I saw that page. They gave up 41, they gave up 41 points to East Carolina. Yeah. They gave up um 35 points to Pitt even though they won that game. So, you know, I I, I think you should be able to score on them and uh certainly can't sleep on their offense. You know, Larry Fedora is a good offensive coach. uh,
7: Yeah, and Nathan Elliott's not that bad of a quarterback. I don't think, I mean, he didn't play that badly against us last year. No. Except for the four picks, or the three picks. But, I mean, obviously. Yeah, and and, and Miami still won by five.
1: Miami won by five points, so.
7: Yeah. And we needed a late fumble to secure the win. Um. A couple other things. Um, one, I was trying to think of when comparing Perry. The last time I saw a quarterback like that, you have to go back. I would think Kenny Kelly. Would you agree with that? Who could really beat you with your arm and his leg? Because, and again, this was a long time ago, but I still remember Kelly zinging it to like Moss and Reggie Wayne and Ivan Mercer and all of them.
1: Yeah, I guess there's some similarities between those two guys.
7: I mean, I'm trying to think. Um, I think in terms like Ken Dorsey wasn't a runner. Neither really was Berlin. Jaquari I mean, he ran, but he wasn't like – you wouldn't think of somebody like him who could just take off and get 60 yards. And in terms of him versus Rozier, I think Nicosi looks to keep the play alive first and then will take off and run. And he, he had some really nice runs against FIU.
1: Yeah, it's just very small sample size. I mean, no, it, it I know, may turn, but... it may turn out that way that he's always like that, but you know the athletes are going to be bigger and faster here now that we're in ACC play. Uh, it, it, it's not going to be as easy as it was against FIU. But no, we'll see. and I
7: realize that, but I also think I think FIU put seventy on ODU and look at what ODU just did to Virginia Tech. So you never know from week to week what's going to happen
1: has a lot to do with matchups, um, right?
7: Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, just, um, a couple um, other things. One, uh, real basketball, uh, recruiting wise, what do you know about this recruit that committed to Miami today? Anything other than
1: he's a very good talent, uh, a forward. And I think the hope is that they can get him the CJ Walker kid, and if they can get those two for starters, I think they increase their marketability to Vernon Carey because you know okay. if if they've got two other top uh, top shelf recruits coming into play with Vernon Carey, w- with everything else yeah. that they've got in the program right now, it's a pretty strong hand.
7: Yeah, um, sure. A couple other things. Um, one is there any thought? Because with this new four games and redshirt rule, to see what Amon Richards has against FSU, and then if he's not quite there, just redshirt him this year, and just because even without him, our depth at wide receivers as deep as I can remember in at least recent history, and then have him come back full strength next year when you have him oh. on one end and no. A healthy Amon Richards on one end with Jeff Thomas,
1: who will yeah, be interesting, going
7: into his junior year.
1: Interesting thought. Uh, I I think that they don't have to make those kind of decisions yet. They can put Amon on the field three more times before they they're, they have to cross that bridge. So yeah. first first you got to see him get back on the field. He's not going to play this week. Uh, I my guess is he's going to try to you know he's going to try to play against FSU, but we'll see. And yeah. As the season gets deeper, if he's not healthy, I think you have to consider what you're talking about. You know, but the likelihood that Amon Richards is going to play next year and the year after is not very high. You know, I, I think that... I, I, I don't think there's any urgency to redshirt him because, you know, even, even if you redshirt him this year and he comes back and plays next year and has a good year, at that point, he's going to go into the draft. So it's not that big of a deal.
7: No, I'm, I'm just saying it to, just to get him fully ha- healthy because I think the last oh, yeah. time he was really fully healthy was the Russell Athletic Bowl against West Virginia a year and a half ago.
1: Yeah, but like I'm saying, even if he's fully healthy in Week Eight this year or something, or you know, it, it, you still might as well play him because you know he doesn't figure okay. to be in 2020.
7: No, and I, I recognize that, but I'm saying to.
1: Try I think he to figures to be here in 2019. Oh, I think so there's a good chance he'll be here in 2019. but.
7: So you don't think he'll forego his uh,
1: senior year? He probably he, would love to, but right now, what kind of marketability does he have to do that?
7: No, but again, I've seen a lot of, and we've seen it, you see a lot of kids just jumping to the pros. RJ McIntosh, Kenneth Drake Norton come to mind. So you have yeah, a lot and- of kids who have no business going in the pros going anyway. So that's the thing because they see the almighty dollar.
1: Yep. Well, hopefully these guys that are on the current roster learn their lesson from watching what happened with those guys.
7: Yeah, I mean, like right now, real quick, the way Joe Jackson's playing in Shaq Quarterman, I'd get it. Yeah, they're not going as it, I
1: wouldn't. Yeah, no, they're not playing anywhere near a level ready to go to the NFL, in my opinion.
7: Well, I mean, the only one who is is Travis Homer, and I don't think – I think he should stay for his senior year as well because I don't know the like, – well, he's a smaller halfback, so we'll see. But um, last thing, uh, you said Jaquan's like a game-time decision. That's what Coach Rick said. Do you think he'll give it a go tomorrow, or will we see Amari Carter again?
1: Don't know. No idea.
7: Okay. If you had to gather, if you had to take a guess. No
1: no, no idea. I mean, I think when he said it's a game-time decision, he really means it's a game-time decision. I mean,
7: oh, okay.
1: uh, to me, it might make sense if you, if you could get by to, you know, not play him and let him have 10 more days.
7: Uh, okay. I mean, Gurbin Hall look, looked good. Again, he had that one good hit, and it was nice seeing a strong hit with number 26. But yeah. um,
1: it's really all about Amari Carter playing well in, the, in that situation.
7: Uh, okay. Well, Garvin yeah, Hall plays true. some,
1: maybe, but Amari but Carter, I would think, would get yeah. the majority of the reps. I hope they learn the lesson at LSU and aren't, aren't going to be wholesale substituting early in the game, but you know, we'll see.
7: Well, no, but, but I'd rather have Garvin Hall back than, than Robert Knowles. No question. All in sense. Okay. Well, thanks for taking my call, Gary. Have a great rest of the show.
1: You got it, man. Thanks for being part of it. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 845 now. You're live on Sport Live. I think that's Greg.
5: You got it. How are you?
1: Doing good. How are you doing, Greg?
5: I'm doing well. Um, after listening to those clips of Mark Rick. I wonder if he knows what he's doing. He said that Evan Sheriffs knew what he was doing. He was <laughs> atrocious.
1: He yeah, was Well, terrible. he he might have known on the practice field, but he, he you know he he didn't do very well when he went in the game.
5: Oh my God! Against Pittsburgh. <laughs> All right. Can you but you know
1: what, Greg? What Greg? Have... Greg? At the, same, at the same time, though, that kind of backs up what he's saying. Also, like you have to. He, he, he can't really evaluate these guys without putting them on the, in, in the game. It's like you can only tell so much on the practice field.
5: Okay. Can you explain to me why Cade Weldon would be getting first-team reps? You, don't, you can't have three quarterbacks getting first-team reps. That's ridiculous. How is it – why? What has he shown to deserve first-team
1: reps? I, I think he's trying to give all of the quarterbacks a fair, a fair shot. I, I think he's trying to take a look at all of them and not have prejudices or preconceived ideas, and he's trying to give them all a fair opportunity to earn playing time.
5: I don't know what kind of crowd is going to be there tomorrow night, but if Malik Rozier comes out on that field, there's going to be boos raining down on him. OK, this.
1: Yeah. We've
5: been are mediocre you, I, too long, Gary. We know I, we're not going to get anywhere with Malik Rozier. I'm sorry.
1: Are you going to be there tomorrow
5: the night? No, I'm, I'm not. But Nicozy Perry, did you see his passes? Uh, he threw guys open. They didn't have to wait for the ball, throw it high over their head. You see that in cut? He threw the cager right between the one and the eight. I don't see Malik Rozier throwing passes like that. I'm sorry, it's not happening.
1: Hey and Greg, I'm think... right down. I'm, I'm right down the middle on this whole thing. I have no opinion. <laughs> I've said that all along. I have zero opinion on who should start. But I will say this: I don't think. I don't think the people are being fair about. Like they're, everyone's acting like Malik Malik Rozier's never thrown a pass over the middle on the money or I mean he he has I mean it's not fair he's thrown the same passes he just doesn't do it consistently enough and he's not good enough to carry the team if the team is not playing well to me that's the biggest thing he is not good enough to get you to get you out of dodge uh, uh, the, the, the Canes aren't playing great every single game they're just not that, that's not necessarily reality and in moments like that, when you have a team that's at this level, you need a quarterback that can help you pull out a victory when you're not playing at your best. That's my opinion. Now, can well, Nikozi be that quarterback? We saw some very good things against FIU. I personally don't overreact to that, and that's why I don't have an opinion because you know, I don't rush to judgments over very small sample sizes. And I consider a couple, I thought, I didn't think FIU was very good. And I think that was a very small sample size. So I'm right down the middle on this thing. Uh, I don't know what Coach Rick's going to do. I tend to agree with, with, with most people that I, I think if I had to make a bet, it would be that he'll start Nicosi. If he chooses to start Malik, I don't think everybody should start booing. I think that would be a very, very, very bad statement to make on national television.
5: All right. All right. Do you remember in the first, I think it was the second series, Malik was quarterback, and on fourth down, he ran a quarterback sneak into, like, they had a 10-man front. How do you think you're going to make a yard on that play? He had, does he know anything about checking off the play to another play? I mean, he's, he's, he's not good. He's bad.
1: We're not, he's not he's bad. Any, he's not bad, Greg. He's average. He's average. Okay, he's, he's average. average.
5: We've been Be average he's too average. long, Gary. We need to go with somebody who has a,
1: a possibility, who has, who has of, upside, of that, that, and that's what I said right. earlier in the show. That's the that's the biggest thing that I that I see is he has upside, Malik does not. Malik is what Malik is. Okay. And right. you know, yeah, and, and we know it, and, and we know what it is at this point.
5: All right, and last year, we, you just got through saying we beat North Carolina by five points with Malik Rozier at the helm. I mean, come on. Whatever. All right, I got one more point. That last five or seven minutes of that game was a was a disgrace, the way they handled that. Uh, they had, I guess they had their fourth string in there running a safety blitz and a corner blitz at the same time. Well, what the hell was that? I mean, that's, the first team had them shut out for most of the game. I mean, that, that looked like it was a close. That was a blowout, in my opinion. They, didn't, they couldn't move the ball.
1: I mean, no. there must be I, I, think, I think you saw a bunch. Of, I think I think you saw a bunch of young kids that weren't really ready to play. <laughs> I mean, uh, in all honesty.
5: All right. Uh, uh, one last thing on the recruiting. Um, what do you What are you hearing? Are you hearing anything in the
1: imminent stage?
5: I watched no, Evan Neal play last week. He looked pretty good.
1: Yeah. I think everything's pretty much status quo. There's No, there's never a lot of recruiting movement in September and October. The kids are in their seasons. Anyone that was going to commit early has already committed. Uh, very rarely any recruiting movement at this time of year. It'll pick up again in November and obviously December. All right, Gary. Thank you. Greg, thanks as always for being part of the show. All right, guys. Let me take a moment right now to talk about – one of the best and rapidly expanding dining concepts in south florida you've heard me talk about it all year on cane sport live and that is sicilian oven and i don't have to tell you how many pizza restaurants there are out there if you want a pizza i mean any any anybody that lives in south florida can choose from hundreds of them there's one on every corner but there's no place that's quite like sicilian oven which has six locations throughout South Florida. At Sicilian Oven, they offer a new way of dining using the best ingredients and flavor combinations mixed into a carefully designed menu. And uh, many of those recipes have been handed down through generations of the DeSalvo and Garavuso families. It's a pure home style brand Italian cooking. And it begins with classic pizzas with traditional toppings and expands to gourmet and select pizza combinations that are far removed from what you will find at your nearest pizza shop. You love wings? Sicilian Oven has wood-fired wings that are marinated for 24 hours in Italian herbs and spices and served with caramelized onions. Sicilian Oven also offers a wide array of specialty dishes from eggplant dishes to mussels to fire-roasted shrimp. They have soups and sandwiches, salads, pasta dishes. No matter your taste, no matter what you're in the mood for, you will find something great at Sicilian Oven with six locations throughout South Florida. On your way to Hard Rock Stadium tomorrow night? Leave work early and visit the plantation location at the Fountains Complex off University Drive or go to the Aventura location, at 205th and Biscayne you need a place to eat great food and watch a road game down the road there are other locations at lighthouse point coral springs on sample road and 101st and also in boca raton and if you want to have a few drinks with with your pizza or your wings go to the new location on oakland park boulevard just west of bayview in fort lauderdale that has a full liquor bar so, get on over to your nearest Sicilian oven restaurant and get ready to experience the next level in casual Italian dining. You can visit Sicilianoven.com to find the nearest location to you. It's Sicilian Oven and SicilianOven.com. You will not only love the taste, you'll taste the love. Visit them real soon. All right, 563 999 3633 is the number. Hit the number one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, let's go now to the seven eight six. You're live on Kane Sport Live.
8: Hey Gary, how are you tonight?
1: I'm doing great. Who's this? Everything? This is everything, baby. See, see I know all the voices to, now. I know all the voices. Uplift, I, I grimace. Up, I grimace when you're at your keypad. I, I grimace. I'll be honest. But man, when hey, you're, you when, can you're called,
8: all you when you call, I, I but you I are you no, you are pure money when friend. you
1: call this show. You are pure money when you call the show. I've had several people say comment that to me, and I totally agree. You're pure money. So go. You got the floor. What I, you got?
8: I greatly appreciate that sentiment, uh, Gary. And again, I want to thank you guys for doing this. And uh, I totally forgot this was not going to be done on Tuesday, so I had to rearrange some things. But nonetheless, I'm here. Uh, I wanted to talk about, uh, obviously, what everyone else has been talking about. But before I, I start that, I want to remind everybody. Okay, As fans, that we are, we're we're, we're a, a, very, uh, a very impatient fan base, and I'm one of the worst ones at it. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I am also a bath. I'm also blind at times. And sometimes I think we're gonna, they're going to turn that switch on and we'll be back to the good old days. Because that's what us true teams are. We're about going in and, 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 and dominating the college football landscape. But when you look at our current situation, you know, CMR has been faced since January with two options. He can, say, he can have all the coach speak that he wants to utilize. He can do all those things, here, and that's part of the gig. And after spring and fall camp, what he knew now, he knew back then. He knew from a very long time ago that he would not be available for at, 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 at LSU. He knew that NP would not be available. Um, and that's just coach speak. That's just making sure that LSU doesn't know who to prepare for, so they prepare for both. It impacts their time, their game prep, their time management, all those things. That's what, and that's what he's doing this week as well. But when you look at what's gone on since January, and we fast forward to after LSU, um, we've got to go back to one particular thing that he was kind of tipping his hand. And where he tipped his hand was the philosophy he utilized this year, because now there's more depth. In the past there wasn't depth, but there's plenty of depth now. Quality remains a question mark. But when you look at ones going against twos, that was him tipping his hand for NP for Nikosi Perry to develop to somewhat simulate when the bullets are really flying. Now I know sometimes I I agree.
1: I agree that that could be the case. I totally agree with you,
8: uh, Gary. And and, you know, I've always I've said this many times: forgotten more than I'll ever know in my lifetime about football, and he is a master psychologist. Another reason why he started Malik, besides the LSU thing, the suspension, was all these kids that have been here since he got here, that have bought in, when, they, when things when times were thin and, and, and times were tough, they bought in. So that's why the Harry J. J. Jones of the world get to play a little bit. That's exactly what this is. He's trying to get the chemistry there. And when you get opportunities and you don't do well as a player, you know, that little sucker called the eye in the sky, well, that son of a bitch, you don't lie. So what you put on tape in practice, what you put on tape in games, it's there. So we look at after I few, Nekoshi plays a heck of a lot. And honestly, Malik didn't play bad against uh, Savannah State. He really didn't. Mikoshi had a nice game against Savannah State killed a couple other kids. But then here's, here's where I, I get confused. I get confused when... We're at Toledo. We're up 21. We have our injury issues. It impacts our defense. We make some bad plays. Uh, Mr. Jackson gets beat a couple of times. And all of a sudden, you know, people keep forgetting this. It's a seven point game with, what, less than three minutes to go in the third quarter? Correct. Game. Correct. But then we blink. But, then we blink, and there's eight and a half minutes to go. And we're up by, by three scores. And that's when you got to say, hey, you're in. Go. Because now well, we're going to get to stumble the fly. Except, for one, thing, except for one thing.
1: Time out. Time out. Except for one thing. You see how fast Toledo scored on a couple of those drives? I, I, you know, like you, if you're Mark Richt at that point, you're not looking to play. Okay? You, you just retook control of the game, and you're not looking to play games at that point.
8: And, and I understand that, but you've got eight thirty something to go, and you're up by seventeen. At that stage, I'm not telling you this kid has to fling it around
1: everywhere. Hey, did, did you see what happened? One. Did you see what happened to your boy Mario the other night?
8: I sure did, and and, and I'll tell you, and I'll tell you, I'll get into that later, but I just want to finish it. But I can tell you that's that's something I understand. When he should have been up thirty-one-seven in that 31, seven in the game. No doubt. Okay. No doubt. But that's the they controlled the whole game, day and
1: day. they ended up losing.
8: I'm not going to make excuses for him, but I will say this. Mark's been a head coach how long? And he still has the same kind of game management issues at this stage of his career. I mean, you can cut Merrill a little bit of slack. And if you watch the better play when he coached at FIU, there was a couple of times, especially that second bowl game, where a a, a game-time decision that wasn't the best decision before half. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. But I just keep looking at what he could have done. But then he goes ahead, and, and, and after the second series, and there's, there's no question, Malik didn't do crap the first two series with the ball. You can kind of question the quarterback sneak, and, and I think Greg made a really good point. Well, you can check out of it. You know, Greg, we're not there. We don't know what, whether he's allowed to check out of that situation or not. When you go hurry sometimes, it's hurry, and you're executing the play. You don't have time for a checkout. We don't know what type of confines this kid has. Let's not judge there either yet until we know the true story. But he has an opportunity with real bullets flying. Granted, the bullets, you can say the caliber of the bullet was a twenty two. Well, the bullets that are going to be flying tomorrow, I mean, those are stat- you know, those are 45s. Okay? Those are higher caliber bullets, faster, stronger, quicker. And I know Carolina's not that good. On paper, we can say that. But, Gary, it's our first ACC game. It's the first time he's going to start. Let me tell you, coming into that Toledo game, yeah, there's pressure going into that game with 8.30 to go and you, for you not to screw up the game. But let me tell you, when you come out the first time ever you start and you come out that smoke and the, and the, the stands, of, we're going to have a great crowd tomorrow night. We're going to be all dressed in black. Hell, Gary, what
1: if he throws a pick to start the game? I agree. So this is, I, I, this I is know. I, that's why I said. I, that's why I don't have an opinion. I see both sides.
8: If I'm Mark Rick, I'm going to play it safe. Because I know Malik has, has done what he needed to do us to win in Tallahassee. Because if you look at in the back of everybody's mind, especially his mind, hey, we're all fooling each other here. But the first game is tomorrow. The game. That's the next game we look at. And I honestly think, Gary, that he's better off. In terms of what's best for the team, not what's best for Malik, not what's best for him, not what's best for Nikosi. What's best for your team is a kid who's 13 and 4, who's coming out at that smoke already eight or nine times already to start a quarterback. I'm going to start with him. I'm going to play it safe. But then what happens? People like me, people that are impatient, all the BAFs on K4 Live, we're going to start booing. I'm not going to boo a kid. I don't boo kids. I've got grandkids that are playing in college right now, different sports, and I, that's one thing people don't empathize with these kids. I mean, live the life of a student athlete, and you'll find out real quickly how hard it is. But hey, Mark, right Mark Richter
1: is learning, he's learning firsthand how, how difficult of a place this can be. I mean, how about the attacks on his kid and all the people that are coming after his son and his son being on the staff and trying to claim that they're not developing quarterbacks? I mean, you don't think Gary, that filter makes its I'm way thinking, to him? I mean,
8: I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm guilty of that. But I said from the very beginning, if you go back to my post when he first got hired, there were three things I didn't like. I didn't like him lying to me saying that the first guy hired was Coach Cool. That was bullshit. You can't con a con man. The first person he knew he was coming that he took the job, the terms of the job were his son to come. Now his son could have been a GA Gary, because that's really where he belongs. He does not belong as that. Well, he'd
1: already been a GA. He'd already been a GA. He, you know, Gary, a GA. Was he, he worked
8: the GA three places. Mariah was a GA three different places, including Rutgers. That's an example. I'll give you. I can give you plenty more examples of that. You know, I bounced around as a GA for, at Northern Iowa and, and a couple other places. It's just part of the gig. You get two or three masters and you move on. But right now, I just I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Because I know that either way, he's in a tough spot. But if I gotta put my money on it and I gotta bet my mor- you know, I gotta bet the house. Now I don't have a mortgage anymore, I'm gonna tell you that he's gonna start Nicosi Perry. And I'm praying to God that he gives him two or three plays, Gary, and I'm gonna emphasize this two or three plays that pretty much plays pun intended to the kid's strength and skill set strength. What is he really good at? Fellas, when you orchest- when you, you script your first 20 plays, which a lot of guys do, some guys don't, when you do that, I hope he incorporates the kid moving out of the pocket. I hope he incorporates the sprint out just to get him settled down because we all know that his first pass, it's, you know, we're all going to be pins on heels on that because, you know, this kid's got an arm. But once he gets settled, then hopefully he's making good decisions. And Gary – Hopefully the offensive line is running the ball, doing their job, and we can run the ball. We could take a little bit of the air out of the ball, and hopefully that game plan is going to be such where we don't have to put
1: too much too much pressure on this kid with his first start. And yeah, but at the same time, he if, well, if, he's, if he's out there, you want him to have pressure because that's how he's going to get better. So,
8: Well, you want to, but you don't want to do it all at once, Gary. As the game progresses, that's where you get better. You know, you're know, you going to have an empty out situation. Well, you know they're bringing six or seven, and he's got to make a quick read, and he's got to deliver that ball. That's going to happen tomorrow night. And I just hope that he does things progressively in a manner that I think best suits the kid mentally. Um, yeah, the kid was
9: great, okay?
8: And, I, and I'm going to point this out to you. A lot of people attack me for the FIU comps, But I'm going to tell you this. You watch that film, and you'll see Mr. Jackson get burned three or four times. The ball never could, could never get there. The front seven was that dominant. But there were, there were breakdowns in coverage. And if you don't believe me, just go ahead and talk to one of those coaches because oh. they'll
1: confirm it. I believe I mean, you. I and here here here's what I'm gonna tell you that I that I have actually actual knowledge of and when when people are scouting the hurricanes right now, that's one of the things that they're seeing. They 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 do not think that the cornerbacks are very good in man coverage. and... You know, I know for a fact that that was a big part of FIU's game plan the other night. You saw it Go over down. and over again. They kept trying to take shots. The quarterback just couldn't get the ball there. But uh, that's an area of weakness. Well, I,
8: and I mentioned this to you. You know, I mentioned this to you. You know, I do have it in over there. My Godson's over there. And I, and I could tell you. Um, that guy Where? At
1: FIU? Yeah.
8: My, maybe that guy needs to be here. Listen, let, let's be honest. For us to take the next couple of steps, I'm sorry, Gary. That guy needs to be here. He needs to run the offense. Love Mark Rick the dead as a person. He's done a fantastic job of taking us, bringing us back to some form of relevancy and all that. We're relevant once again. But I'm telling you, you mentioned earlier that Malik Razier is an average quarterback. Gary, we're an average team.
1: All right, but I'm going to disagree really with you are. on that. If, 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 if Mark Rick gets to the point where he wants to hire an offensive coordinator, he should be able to find somebody with more experience and more seasoning than Ken Dorsey. I'm sorry. Well,
8: I could t- I I could tell you, um, there's there's at least twenty guys that wish they had Ken Dorsey's bio right now, that are that are that are trying to get to the league.
1: Yeah, but They're he's not to- he's but he's not a seasoned offensive coordinator. He no, worked under Mike. To to he, he worked under Mike Shula in Charlotte. That's that's his resume. Well, he,
8: he only worked in San Francisco. A little bit worked a little bit in
1: Cleveland. But he's
8: the guy. The kid has a great
10: resume. But he's he not a
1: him. he's not a veteran offensive coordinator who's done it over and over how again you, in the heat of battle. If Mark Richt is going to add that to the staff, he can do better than Ken Dorsey. I tell
8: you what, though, he can't afford better than Ken Dorsey.
1: If Ken Dorsey that's weren't a, weren't an alumnus, you wouldn't even be mentioning his name. I disagree. Totally disagree. All right, love the kids. that's fine. Uh, All right, what else you
8: got? Uh, I got real quick, Gary, want to talk about recruiting. Um, priorities. Hey, I mean, things that I, I know September, October kind of dead, but we always have one or two commits here and there. It happens everywhere. Uh, number, and I saw this on one of the posts today on, on the board. You know, the priority to me, number one priority is first is your backyard. Stevenson and Dent. I had no idea. You had mentioned a couple of weeks ago that Dent was at the Savannah State game. Uh, my people are telling me that, yeah, he's really contemplating decommitting at this point. And I, I was like, you know, are you sure? And, and, and guys from the Muck, they always pretty much like to claim a lot of things, but certain guys that have been there forever that are pretty reliable sources have pretty much told me that this kid is really – and you brought this up, so I'm just it's like confirming what you said. This kid's really thinking about coming here. And I I I, is, I couldn't believe what I heard it today. Is it true, Gary, or is it?
1: It's, it's absolutely true. Yeah, I said it last week. Or last week or, or the week, week before? It, it's absolutely I'm true.
8: Shocked. I'm shocked. I'm I'm just, I'm just totally shocked. Uh, Kids, that that uh, after those two, when you look up, you know the next ma- big the next major get we have to have, I think, is Neil. I and mean, you got to keep all our current commits. Um, and then I'm hearing something about Ohio State that I don't like to hear. Um, especially I was thinking now with urban liar getting in trouble, but then again, he didn't get in trouble because he was suspended, but then he really, really was suspended because he got to practice every day. Um, lost so much respect for that institution as a whole, but is it true, Gary, that McIntosh and Richards have a very strong interest in both Ohio state and to a certain extent, Oklahoma? I mean, I'm, I'm hearing that the issue with the brother is not good. Um, I mean, what have you heard on this front? Because this now, this is this is not McIntosh is involved.
1: Right and now, I'm we not, still. Ohio right State, now, we we, we think. That right now, if I had to answer your question, I would say I think both will be in the class.
8: Oh man, we need them. We need them here. Two well, athletic kids that can really play a lot of different yeah. things. I I like their. They're such great athletes. They can do different things for you.
1: Yeah, I don't think I don't think that those two are program changers. I d I don't I mean I think they're both very good players. They're South Florida kids. Uh I don't I don't think it impacts you one way or the other if they were to defect. Uh I do think Tyreek Stevenson is a is a is a difference maker. And uh that that's much more significant in my opinion. And Akeem Dent obviously also. All right, man, let me let me let me let you go and let some other people have the mic.
8: One quick thing, Gary. One quick thing. What's your biggest worry about North Carolina's offense tomorrow?
1: Their offense? I mean, just you know, that Larry Fedora is a good offensive coach, and and North Carolina always gives Miami problems. You know, they came down he here, here and won. They, they, they won two years ago here. You know, they they, they they always they've always given Miami problems. They have good. They have enough athletes to be competitive. So we'll see. Oh. Got to go out and beat them. Alright man, hey, Gary thank you for being care. part of the show. You got it, man. You got it. Thanks for being part of the show. Let's go to the seven five four. You're on Kane Sport Live.
11: What's happening, Gary? It's Jerome.
1: Hey, what's up, Jerome? Talk to us. What you got?
11: So, hey man, uh, you know, when you were talking about uh, Rozier, I think what's was really frustrating, you know, I'm 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 thankful that he had a great season last year. He hit he hit a, a, a end of a road, if, he was, if you will, at the end, you know, to let those last three games. But Gary, the thing about him is that he consistently gets off to a slow start. So when we play somebody that's that's good, if they get the first score and then they get another score, just seem like he just can't crank the lawnmower up fast enough to get going. And then by the time he does, we basically – you know, pretty much behind, and that was very typical. Looking at the LSU game, uh, uh, if if you if you recall, but uh, the thing that I noticed that Nikosi does better than him already that just jumped out at me my first time seeing him, which was Saturday, is he throws he he throws across the middle. He makes it so uh, Malik makes it so easy for defensive coordinators when he basically throws two passes, either they're up. Up uh, the the deep pass or the out pass, and he doesn't challenge the middle enough. And when you do that, you make the defensive corner. And then I got to put something on Mark Rick, too, Coach Mark Rick, Is that pre snap motion would help move the defense around some. Give the, it would help go whoever our quarterback is, and and set you know as as, as uh uh you get ready to to snap the ball. I mean, when we just sit back, their defense just sit in a, in a prone position and basically, you know, nothing moving them around and everything, and boom, they can go right at you. They can attack you more. You setting them up for them to attack stronger when you don't force them to move their eyes, when you don't force them. I mean, that's what's, what, what I see as far as offenses, where we, what causes our struggle. Now I will say on the encouraging side, our offensive line is getting better. They're getting better, and they're blocking, and the run game will pick up from that. But Gary, tomorrow night, I got I gotta tell you, man. Right now, I I I don't have I don't know what to feel now. Going through like hold my breath to wait for the pass if it's Perry, or when I see Rozier come out there, is to expect the same old slow start that we get. And the other team gets going, they get going, and then for you know it, we're behind. So that's what I, I see. So such a difference um, between the two. That that yeah. right now, you know, he made he made a statement. Coach Rick made a statement, say, hey, he got to kick him out of the net. You know, again, we got to go for broke. That's all I could say. We got to go for broke
1: and throw yeah, Perry
11: so. in there and see, he probably will. With,
1: and be and just be prepared for
11: plan. anything. That's all.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying.
11: We got to go for broke because that's that's where we are now. I mean, you know, uh, we we right now, Gary. When you saw when we played against LSU, we didn't have enough grown men when we played LSU. I'm sorry, we still LSU was bigger and physical, and I mean, yep. you know, they they bullied us around.
1: We just and like I said, and, and, and also like I said, you didn't have a quarterback capable mm-hmm. of taking the team on his shoulders and lifting them past that
11: exactly exactly gary good point exactly that when you and when you're lacking that going up against those southeast conference groups they got the physical game going you know that you know they're going to bring that to the table and they're going to bring their size and you know like i say they get they go after the really big kids and i that's why the guy who just spoke before me he mentioned neil we need more grown men into our our team as we recruit more you know and you also also need
1: a better you also need a better quarterback it's like you know look what Alabama what happened with Alabama when they were in trouble in the national title game and they they brought that kid in and he he carried them the victory that's why Clemson's going to Trevor Lawrence now because they want to get him ready for the end of the year when they need somebody better than Kelly Bryant if they're gonna if they're gonna beat Alabama, Clemson's already coming second. You know, Clemson's been knocking on the door, you know, um, on multiple occasions. You know, plus they they won it the one year. They're, they're, that that program, that's all they're thinking about. With all those kids that came back this year and stuff, is winning the national yeah. title. And the reason they're playing of Trevor course. Lawrence now is so that hopefully he's he he can play that role for them when they get to the playoffs. The
11: the only thing I say about that, Gary, now. That, about Trevor Lawrence he is a freshman and one thing about in college football that I see I don't care how dominant that freshman is it's just college football is too loaded with good defensive coordinators and offensive coordinators that would take you away they will make totally, you totally agree. You that's, that that's, why,
1: wall, that's why they're going to him that now wall. that's why they're yeah. going to him now and, and, because they can get him eight games of experience
11: yeah yeah, and and where you hit that brick wall and then once if they if they have any success in stopping you, then the other team copycat and pile on and for you know you have to come to a, you, either you're going to figure it out or you're going to get beat down or you just where you, where you're basically basically uh look like a, a non-existent player because the, I mean there's some good offensive coordinators and good defensive coordinators out there and with that we may not take the time out to give credit to but uh Turn to, like I say uh, with recruiting, uh, uh, Gary. Dude, I like where we're going, but we just got to continue to get the the, uh, the 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 more marquee elite players, if you will. Because look at look at that quarterback for Alabama you just mentioned. Now, Gary, he has made their offense so much more explosive. I see why he's the why he's he's picked over uh, the other kids. He's a great, pass. He, made, great course, pass. he made it so much explosive. He gets that ball, and then they they got these receivers now. Oh, Gary, they they really are a handful now. They really are a handful. But, no doubt. Uh, Gary. We, we got to keep. We just got to keep on marching on and, and climbing this uh this mountain, and we're gonna get there, Gary. Just that. I just hope we're patient enough. Dabo didn't get there overnight. A lot of people forget about that game right down here in our own backyard, where he gave up 70 points. Now, how did that fan base feel? We as a we as a, a, a fan base at the University of Miami, we would run up the, the whole defensive coaching side out if we gave that many points on on a, in a, a, a bowl game. We, we wouldn't stand for that. But those, I got to tip my hat to those Clemson fans fan base and their uh athletic director for hanging in there because he wasn't he had been at it for a while and he just but he got it turned around they were patient with him they hung in with him and that's what we have to do there's there's some patience we have to do even though we're a hurricane, we still have to be patient gary gary thank you so much i look forward to speaking with you again and uh you just
1: have a blessed evening and keep me on hold bro you too jerome thanks as always for calling and being part of the show all right guys you've seen the banners and chatter on Canesport.com for the new fantasy game, Moneyball DFS. And uh, Moneyball DFS was created by one of our members at Canesport, and it's a different type of fantasy sport. It's really simple to play. All you have to do is create your fantasy card by predicting the end-of-game stats for your favorite team. So go to MoneyballDFS.com and play in this week's Canesport contest between North Carolina and the Canes. It's free to enter, and as of right now, there are a few spots open. So go to MoneyBallDFS.com and get in the game, and then come back to the message board and give some feedback on the game um, so that your fellow subscriber can continue to make it better and, and continue to developing it. MoneyBallDFS.com. Let's go out to the, the 904. You're live on Taint Sport Live.
5: Hey Gary, what's going on?
1: Doing good. Who's this?
12: Hey, this two forty from the message board.
1: What's up, man? What you got? Talk to us. Yeah,
12: yeah. Well, I don't want to talk about that quarterback situation. I'm a. I think I've heard so much of it. To I think that thing that drove me crazy, man.
1: Well, we're but, getting ready to. Wait, we're getting ready to put it into overload in a minute, but I'll get to that in a second. Go ahead. What you got?
12: Yeah, I just want to. You know, one position that I was wrong about was that striker position, man. Um, Derrick Smith ain't what we thought he was. Romeo Finley has done an awesome job. I don't know whether I underestimated Romeo because he was from, you know, Fort Walton, Beach. They don't have great high school football out there. But the LSU game, he showed up there. That Toledo game, he showed up. FIU game, he showed up, man. This kid, Romeo, has been a bright spot for that striker position because last year Toledo kind of like, you know, used up Zach uh, uh, like McClellan. 'Cause he had to play that linebacker position and it and was kinda like throwing quick passes at that position. But Roman Hill has done a great job at that striker position. Derek Smith, he's missing tackles. He's out of position at safety seemed like. And I'm very, very upset about how Derek is playing. And you know, you know, one of the things that I like with the with, what the coaching staff is doing is that they're really doing a great job of not just at the quarterback position. But at every position, looking for the best player. And I learned this through the LSU game. Looking for the best punt return. D.J. Dallas was the first kid, after that particular game, Jeff Thomas was right there, that left guard. Tomorrow night, Benzel Bower would be starting at left guard in the place of Jehiel Jones. D.J. Stacey needs to go to the right title. That's just my opinion about that. And slide Devon Donison to right guard. And, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed too at at, at Tyree Saint Louis. Saint Louis needed kind of like a chip block every now and then. You know, he struggled in the LSU game. He struggled in the Toledo game. He struggled at times in the FIU game. And I'm getting ready to tell you, Derek, he at one one or two times struggled in the Nevada State game. So it's almost as if that, you know, we the coaching staff they're doing a great job and making sure that we have the best player at each position. And that's why I think that Nicosi, he may start tomorrow night. But nevertheless, I think that they're doing a great job based on what we have at playing these kids at the best position. But I'm very uh, uh, encouraged at Romeo Finley at that striker position, and I think that position is going to help us a little down the line.
1: All right, fair enough. What else you got? Anything else tonight?
12: Yes, one more big thing for for, for Tyreek Stevenson fans. Forget about it. The kid is going to Georgia. I'm gonna tell you yeah, something about so. Stevenson. This kid loves the mystique of the SEC. He loves it. One of the things that we have to understand about the ACC, when it comes to the SEC in football, it can't measure up. Right. It's just no different from when when basketball season comes. The SEC can't touch it, no matter what they do. They can have three or four great teams come in this year, but it still won't touch the ACC as far as basketball. Stevenson is going to Georgia, and the big game that they play at home this year, he'll be there. And that might be the day he committed to Georgia. But he loves the mystique of what the SEC is doing. And that's it, I guess. Yeah, I don't,
1: I don't disagree. That's what I'm expecting to happen, too. It's unfortunate, but – it's looking that yeah. way I think you got to hope that you can sway akeem dent into coming and uh, that should be just about as good, hopefully so yep okay, thank you All right. All right, you got it thanks for being part of the show. All right guys, it's time for what was a new segment on Kane Sport Live this year. Uh, now it's an old segment, but one of your favorites for sure and that's the Sicilian oven point counterpoint segment uh, with Bruce Warner who's joined every week by a former Canes player and this week we've got a guy that can discuss what's going on at the quarterback position with a supreme level of knowledge and experience and that's Ryan Collins who battled it out with Frank Costa in 1993 and 1994 very much the way that Nikozi Perry now is in the process of battling it out with Malik Rozier, And Ryan first lost the job to Costa, then he won the job, then he lost again, and then he got it back again. They went back and forth twice. And uh, you know who better than to discuss what's going on? Um, so let me welcome Bruce along with Ryan. How are you guys doing this evening?
8: doing great doing good how great. you doing
1: ryan welcome to Kane sport live we're happy to have you
13: hey how you doing yeah welcome to the uh the firing line ryan because this has been going on now since the beginning of the season and, and so i told gary let's get ryan on the show and he agreed so this is this is it man you were involved in one of these 20 years ago or so 25 years ago, I guess it's been already, and now you're seeing it right in front of your eyes. So talk us, talk to us about your experience, and then tell us what your thought process is for the Canes this year, especially tomorrow. I want to know whether you think if Rozier starts, does this, is this a slap in the face to Perry or vice versa? So let's go back 25 years and talk to us about your battles with Frank Costa.
14: Well, when I first got the U.M., uh mostly everybody, the coaches and everything else, they never thought that I would play quarterback. I mean, when I went there, I was like, man, they must be crazy if they think I'm going to switch positions. But so when when I first got there, they had no idea that I could actually play. So it made it a lot more difficult for me at first, but it really just made me learn everything. So a lot of the guys on the team respected me because I had to go in and watch film, study, and actually understand what was going on. And when I, when I, like in 93, I know you said that I lost the job at first, but I was never up for the job. They gave their job to Frank. It wasn't any competition. I just kept working at it and they thought I was doing a practice in the games and I just kept performing. So Georgia Southern game, I guess Frank was struggling for like the last three or four games so Coach Erickson got sick of it, put me in and I threw a couple touchdowns. And then the next week we played Florida State. We struggled again and then after that I played and I put up big numbers and then we struggled against um, West Virginia a little bit, but they scored late to win the game. And then against Arizona, we weren't going to win that game because guys were his one. It wasn't up for the national title. But so they put the job up next year. And the next year going in, I mean, I knew they they wanted to play Frank the whole time because if if I'm going up against Sapp, Pat Riley, Kenny Holmes, and Kenara Lang every day, and he's going up against the second line, and then they're saying in the paper that my stats were different than what they really were, so... I didn't have a chance. So I know they wanted to play the older guy when they tried to make it sound like it was a competition, but it was all made up. Now I think it's a lot different because these guys are really actually competing for the job.
13: Yeah, I mentioned to you before about tomorrow and the starting thing, and you were talking about uh, not using motion or shifts or stacking wide receivers and things like that. Talk to us about what you think the difference is in playing uh, – uh, Nikosi Perry tomorrow night with with no starts under his belt versus Malik Rozier who really hasn't done much and this is kind of like the segment of the show uh, Ryan that the listeners love because I disagree with Gary a lot of it and it creates kind of sparks which is good but what do you what's your thought process about this going into tomorrow's game?
0: Well,
14: tomorrow's game, I would North Carolina has seven guys that are coming back. Yeah. So these guys aren't going to really be ready to play. Like, Nekoshi Perry, I think he's going to be really good down the line. And I really don't think he's ready to play because last game, they threw a bunch of little bubble passes. Um, he threw a slant for a touchdown on one square. But when he got in the game, I think they already knew that he was going to play and they're going to take roji out early. But the biggest thing I think that hurts either one of the quarterbacks is we don't put enough pressure on the defensive teams. These, these defensive coordinators are scheming us because We don't use motion. We use motion on the goal line every once in a while. We don't shift guys. We don't stack receivers when they're playing press, man. We don't put these guys in a position where it's easy for them to get off line. If you ever watch, like, the Patriots or any of those teams in the pros everything, they're always using short motion, whatever, to make these guys back off. These defensive players, these cornerbacks are good. You can't just line up in front of them and just say we're going to get a release like our guys are just better than their guys. It's not going to happen. Well, you that's a, help that's a coaching
13: thing. Then, you're, basically, you're looking at this from a coaching standpoint that they're not giving our guys an opportunity to play better.
14: Well, if you look at the LSU game, what were they doing? They were playing in a called a thirty front, and whenever they got close to the boundary, they brought the corner from the from the from the, from the, from the um, boundary, and they brought the linebacker strong. So every time they're dictating us what we're doing, if we motion or do anything, these guys are going to have to think and make adjustments on defense. But we never do it. Like I think. Um, Coach Rick has a good, he has a solid game plan. What he's doing, but if these guys on defense don't have to think about anything by you just shifting and doing certain things, make them make calls, you're never going to see our guys running wide open. Other teams have guys so, running wide open sometimes. Our guys always have to work. So, so
13: Ryan, yeah, that's
1: if what a you're, lot of the posters you're, are
13: saying, Gary. They're saying the same thing that
1: there's just something okay. That, all right, but wait are, a minute. That are missing. Oh, all right, but wait a minute, Ryan. Ryan, if, if you're if you're running the show, and I heard what you just said, and, and you're and you're deciding who to start tomorrow night, who, wh- which way would you go?
14: I mean, I mean, either guy's gonna. Well, Perry's a better athlete. I think he has a live arm. I think he's gonna get you out of some situations. But um, Malik did a good job for the first nine, ten games last year, and he's got to manage the team better. You don't know, I saw Perry last game could have thrown like three or four interceptions.
1: Yep. All There's right, so coaches, you're like me. They weren't that good. You're like me where you see the positives and negatives of both guys, uh, which I totally agree with you. I think you're 100% spot on. Where I take exception is like with, with what Bruce is saying. Bruce, just, Bruce is typical uh, when, of so many guys right now. He made the statement that Malik Rozier has done nothing. Like, like Malik Rozier has never thrown a good pass. Malik Rozier didn't go 14-3 and three so far as a starter. I never said that. You I just said, said it just now. You just said no, it a I minute ago. He
13: never did anything good. I'm telling you, I think the, uh, look, I you believe he should be the starter. If, if they had what Ryan was doing, which Ryan's saying is mo- motion and movement and things like that, with this kid's ability and his pocket presence, which I think after one game is better than Malik Rozier's, his pocket presence, and his ability to make something out of nothing, which Rozier never does, I, I think he should be the starter. But that's just my hey,
1: opinion. But, but, but here's what I'm trying What I'm trying to say, and what I think Ryan's trying to say, and Ryan please jump back in, is that this is not a clear-cut situation. I mean, this is not – no, it's This not. is not – right, Ryan? Go ahead. It,
14: it, it's, it's not a clear-cut situation. And then also you got to worry about Perry's maturity because he got suspended twice. What is the quarterback doing getting suspended twice? I'm like, what an idiot. How can, you, how can you get suspended twice as a quarterback? Everybody on the team looks up to you. So I know the coaches can't trust him. Now he's so talented because i see him throw the ball. He has a live arm. But if he if he's getting suspended not doing that, how much is he going to really study for the game? Because I just hear I hear Coach Rick talking. So I hear a coach from me coaching all the years I coach. And what he's saying is he can't trust his kid. But does he have a choice with what he's doing? He might have to play him. Because in his system, what he's doing, um, Perry might be better than what Malik Rose is. But I think if Malik Roger had some help where it was easier, then it could happen. Like you look last week against FIU. FIU didn't blitz or do anything. They played a base four three defense. Played off. What's going to happen when these guys start? Where they really start coming
13: after them? Well, we know what's going to happen if Rozier's back there. He's going to get killed, or he's going to look at one receiver, put his head down, and run for a yard. That's what we're going to see. We're not going to see somebody make something out of nothing. And I think the kid has to play. I just, I and I agree with Greg. Not that I agree with him often, but if Rozier starts this game, there will be a lot of booze in that stadium. It really will be, and if he has a bad start, it'll even be worse. I think Perry should start, but again, I'm not. I'm not the coach.
14: It's going to be a tough decision, but I mean, I don't even think it's a tough decision. I think he already knows what he's going to do. But I mean, if he starts Perry, he can always put Rosier back in. It can't get any worse than what it was. What do we lose? Five of our last six games or
3: something?
1: Yeah, and, yes, and he true. can't he, he can't let Rosier go into the dumper because the probability of going these next eight games without needing Rosier, I don't think is very good.
14: Unless he's trying to throw in the season and say we're gonna try and go for the national
1: championship next yeah. year. And that might not be a good doing. He's
14: not, doing, he, he's not
1: doing that. This team's too good for that. I mean our defense I is loaded. That.
14: We have we have running back. We have everything that you need. Like, I would move Jeff Thomas around. But I don't I don't know if the kids are able to do this because when I was coaching at all the places I did, the kids' attention spans are bad and everything else. So, it takes a lot when you're trying to um, do a lot of different things on the offense. So, and you got to be patient. So, you're being basic. but you. I mean, he's being basic right now, but it's basic good enough to win? If you look at Clemson, you look at all the good play callers. Like, um, what's the guy's name who just left off? Uh, Jimbo Fisher, the guys that – And um, Alabama, these guys are moving people around and they're creating opportunities where linebackers are moving, where safeties have to think, they have to come down in the box, they have to run across the field, they have to do different things. So then you're you're dictating to the defense, so you're making it a lot easier. Right now, our guys aren't that good. We have to make it where we get the ball in their hands, where we can get the back in space. All you need to do is get one guy where it's one on one and make a miss, and then it might be touchdown. We're making it too hard on ourselves.
1: Well you what do, do you have a lot of young, young guys playing. Figure. I mean you may they have got a lot of young guys playing. I mean I you know I think Ryan's point about keeping it simple and, and it's difficult with young kids to get oh, too come complicated. Come on, Gary. Do
13: you really believe that?
1: Come yeah, on. I do. Everybody's players all I, over I, the place. I I, do and we're not. I I do. I mean, Bruce, you, you look at your quarterback situation. You know, you have an average veteran and you had three you got three freshmen.
13: Well, the average veteran has experience, so why aren't they moving people around so they can make it easier for him, which is what Ryan just said. And look he's at all the, the freshmen, only one
1: that said it. Bruce, look at all the freshmen you have at the receiver position. They can't move? Jesus. They can't well, they, they can But they how, can't how much move? do you want them to have to learn? Like, how much,
14: how much do you want to put eight on eight their plate?
1: Everything,
8: but the
14: biggest thing, but the biggest thing is you got like these kids. They have to have the pace. You have to do a lot of walkthroughs, and I know they only have 20 hours a week, but that's stuff you have to do in the spring and stuff too, because you have to get walkthroughs in and go over it over and over and over and over again. It's just like being in school. You have to study, and then they have to go take extra time and do it on their own. Otherwise, they don't want to win. You, that's what I mean. When I was playing back with those guys, they demanded you to study and do these types of things. If you didn't know you weren't gonna play. Like, right now, I don't, I
13: don't know if it's like that. See, that's what every former player has said every week, Gary. That's the same thing. It's, I don't know what they're doing. What are they getting ready for the 2019 season? they got freshmen, they're putting them on got the, freshmen. They're putting them on the field. Why don't they know the plays, and why aren't they giving them more things to do? They're going to get killed. They're going to keep doing the same thing over and over again. By the way, I just want to ask, Ryan, while we have another minute, what's your thought process on Amon Richard and the injury or whatever's going on? Because if he's got a, a bruised knee or whatever, Gary said he's riding a bike. Matt says he's riding a bike. They say People say he's running, he's jogging, but he's not playing. Do you think there's anything think more to this?
14: It has to be because, I mean, I know I heard something about him, um, something happened in LSU. He has to be in the doghouse somewhere because this guy was a playmaker as a freshman, and now he's not playing at all. He was their best receiver. I I mean, I can imagine him playing right now with that Thomas kid, and then they have the tight ends and then those backs. If they had those guys that, I mean, that's deadly. That's deadly. Gary? I I just don't know what's going on. (laughs)
1: Have yeah, you I, I your know opinion what, on this too? <laughs> no, I have no idea what's going on. I, I mean, I actually asked him the other day. To be honest with you, I, I asked him. I was. I asked, say, hey, "What's up? What's up you? Are you going to be back soon?" And he didn't have an answer. I, I'm. I'm assuming the answer
13: is it. he can't say anything. I'm as, it,
1: might, it, might, it might be because I'm as mystified by this. If he was hurt, mistake. he would say, I'll be
13: back soon or something like that. He didn't say a word to you? Come on.
1: I mean, Correct. he wasn't rude or anything. I've known the kid since he was in high school. I mean, he, you know, but he just he didn't have an answer, <laughs> like, you know, because which I thought was. Say. He Maybe under he can't under say. Under his
13: legal advisor,
1: Coach Mark Quick, <laughs> don't say a word. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but.
14: Um, hey, yeah, I, I, I should... want to ask you guys, though, but if you, if you look at, like, how we played, I'm talking about offensively against like Clemson, uh, against Pittsburgh last year. Any team that get, that really gave us problems, they dominated us up front and we didn't we didn't have an answer for it. Because think about it when Brad Kyler was there a lot of times. He's I mean, he was just better than Malik Roger, but he struggled too in big games. We never played great in big games. The only big game we played great in was Notre Dame. Right. That was it. And they had no athletes, really. So a team with any type of athletes or any type of front, we don't do anything against them.
13: Or a team with with a really good defensive scheme, we look really bad. Right. I I guess we answered it all, Gary. I, between you, me and Ryan and the, and, and the callers, Rick's uh, got to get himself a new offensive coordinator.
1: <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I don't I I wouldn't hold my well, breath I mean, on I'm that. Do it,
13: but
14: I mean like I think I'm really I can see what he's doing watching the game. But the thing is the other teams can see what he's doing too, so you have to, you have to. It's all mirrors, it's all mirrors and stuff. You just gotta fake, you gotta make it look like something else, and you can run the same exact thing just to make these guys move and get out of position. Otherwise, nobody's just gonna lie. It's like back in the day when everybody used to run the wishbone. It was great. They learned how to stop it. They're gonna learn how to stop the passing game. You can't just go fast or just take a running back and move them from behind you to the side of your, then clap your hands and go. That's nothing. I hate
13: saying that. I hate it too. I, I wish they were more in an eye, or he was taking a direct snap under center. You could at least do more things.
1: So. So. all right. Well, this is the Sicilian huh? Oven point, point counterpoint segment uh, with Bruce Warner, Ryan Collins, the former Canes quarterback, who's been giving us all sorts of great insight here. And um, so, Ryan, have you been to Sicilian Oven? He's coming.
13: Go ahead, Ryan. You can answer that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
14: Bruce has been trying to get me to go for the longest, and I'm kind of lazy. Can hey, you come so up when on I get it? home, I sit here with my wife and kids.
13: You'll, you'll come. You know, SAP was at the house on Friday. He brought a bunch of um, four triple X, four XLs, or whatever. To, to Caesar, because Caesar stayed in my house this week. So, Sapp said he would go. So, I know he's your buddy. So, one of the maybe before next week's game, we could all go over there and, and have dinner, maybe Friday or something like that, and bring the family. Well,
14: oh, he he can't do it on Friday because he goes to watch his kid play every Friday. So, have to be like Saturday or either Thursday.
13: Okay. Well, either one. We'll I'll
1: just call you take, and we'll get it done. And, and maybe take Gary him up on he it. Himself, he can come too. Take ta- ta- take him up on it. Make sure, make sure Bruce picks up the tab. And uh, before we let you go, tell us a little bit about your insurance business. From what I understand, you're you're really um, having a real successful career in insurance.
14: Well, when I got hurt in college, that's when I learned about insurance because I couldn't throw a football for about a year and a half. So I got into it and just kept studying, just taking a bunch of tests, and I've been doing it for like the last 20 years. I got like 15 guys that work for me now, and
1: that's it. And we're moving not know know. every year. I don't know how much you keep up with a lot of your other former Canes and stuff, but you know we've been having a different guy on the show every week, and it, it's just – I mean, so many guys are doing such great things. You know about Claude Jones as a doctor, and Anthony Hamlet is the superintendent of schools in Pittsburgh and Ryan McNeil's having some success in business in Atlanta. And, uh, you know, you got guys just all over the place, you know, just just doing great things away from sports and and off the football field. And it's it's really a tribute to all of you guys. So, you know, congratulations on all your success and, and thank you so much for taking the time out tonight to talk quarterbacks with us and give us some, you know, good perspective and uh, come back again one day.
14: Uh, cool, just let me know. Whenever Bruce calls me, I'm, I'm
13: available. Listen, Gary, real quick, on behalf of all the Sport posters and everybody involved with Sport, and Gary and me, um, we want to send our condolences to Ryan, his brother Al, who was a really good friend of mine, passed away a few months ago. I know it's been a few months, but um, I just want you to know that everybody is thinking about you and your and your late brother, and, and we love you and um, hope everything is okay with your family.
1: As you know, I know your
13: family
14: take, for a
1: really long time.
14: Yeah, thank you, Bruce. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Ryan, thank
1: you. see you soon. Talk to you guys later. See you at the stadium tomorrow night.
13: All
1: right, that was the Sicilian Oven Point Counterpoint segment, always one of my favorites of the show. All right, let's get back to your calls, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633 is the number. You hit the number one. On your keypad, if you want to come on the show. And let's go to the 973. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, Gary, Gary. What's up, Ross? How you doing this evening?
15: What's going on? Gary,
1: that's the best segment you have had all year. We try, man. We try. That was the best Hats one. off to Bruce. He goes out and recruits the players every week. And uh, I think we've been doing pretty good wherever this year. You
15: got, wherever you got Bruce
1: from, Listen, um you do that's the best one. Uh, well, Bruce Bruce been, has been, been my been... friend Bruce has been my friend for a few decades. I mean we we used to do shows together on on over the air radio on QAM and stuff and uh mm-hmm.
15: Yeah, no, we've I known think,
1: each other a long I think,
15: time. I I think you really caught everybody's attention on this one because you know, you start listening to the segment, you kinda of listen to whatever he's saying, um you kinda of hear him saying he's not sure with quarterback and blah 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 blah. But then he really started digging into some, some stuff and I know as a fan, I just really wanted to lock in. I was hoping that nobody didn't call me, nobody didn't disturb me, because I wanted to hear every single word he was saying. And then when Bruce jumped in and you guys was going back and forth, just the best segment, just the best segment. So I got a few things. That's the best segment. Yeah, and the thing, the thing I liked, uh, the I, thing
1: I liked also, of course, is that you know Ryan and I kind of share the same opinion. I mean, this is not, and, and I've been crucified on the message boards by some guys and all that. This is not a clear cut deal, but I mean, not, it just isn't. I'm not,
15: I'm not going to, I'm not, not, I'm on your side with the segment, but I'm just not going to be on your side. You know me. I'm not going to be on your side with, with the
1: quarterback. So you already know, you don't got to act. Well, in. I don't you have a side. We My come. point is I don't have a side. I, know you like, don't. I don't have, I know you don't have an opinion. I don't, opinion. I, don't I don't have an opinion of one over the other. I see, I see the pluses and minuses of both of them. Yeah, but Gary, you know, I've always get, I've
15: always got on you about being on the fence and you don't like when I say that. But sometimes, fine. sometimes,
1: gonna get... you, sometimes, if, if you're going to be fair and accurate, you got to be on the fence. I understand.
15: I, listen, Gary, you got. I have no problem being listen. opinionated,
1: Ross. I, I think you've been listening to me long enough. I have no problem giving yeah, have... opinions. You have a job to do. You have to go see those guys every day or every other day. No, then, you know, that's bullshit. 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 That is bullshit. And I've seen that post. Okay. Too. That is nonsense. Okay. I, if I have an opinion, I'm going to give my opinion. Listen, I go see right. Manny Diaz every week. I love Manny Diaz. Okay. He screwed up at mm-hmm. the LSU game. Okay. It's the end of the first quarter. It's a three-three game, and he's him? playing football without a starting linebacker. All right. That's screwing up. Did all right. I'm not afraid to say him? Manny screwed up. That's well, I mean, he doesn't discuss it with me, but I mean, I would tell him <laughs> if he wanted to have the conversation. I would tell him they screwed up. How can you well, be like you playing LSU? You're not playing Savannah State, and the whole game turned. Well, they were in a three-three football game, right? I'm with you 3-3. on that. I'm rich on that, and you
15: know what? Yeah. This is a good segue. That's a good segue to get into my first point. I have about four of them, Gary. Give me, give me a chance. That's a great segue for me to get into my point. While I have other things to say tonight, I really want to say this. I haven't heard anybody really talk about this tonight, and I think it's very important. And I, I want your opinion on it. No one has actually talked about. We could try to win this game with our defense. <laughs> what about, what about getting our defense ready to play this? Everybody's talking about the quarterback and the offense, and while I agree with a lot of those um, comments. What about saying, Manny, it's time we're knocking on that door. As a fan base we're saying, it's time for now it's time for you to put everybody on notice and show us what you can do defensively. This should be a game plan to shut down this team in your stadium when it's when when the when, when the chip is up. This this is not a game that the defense can blow the cash. You cannot blow the cash here. So I think a lot of focus should be turned to the defense, Gary. We should be playing a big-time defensive game tomorrow. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes. Yeah, the quarterback is being beat. Well, don't get beat this time. Don't get beat tomorrow. They should come in and get their behind whipped defensively, period. Nobody's talking about that with us. Let's put this on our defense a little bit too. Let's not let Manny off the hook. Let's concentrate on beating them on defense, okay? What's your opinion on that? I got a few things, but what do what do you have to say about that?
1: Um, I don't have any problem with it, for sure. I mean, it would be great if the defense plays a phenomenal game and Carolina doesn't, doesn't get into the 20s or 30s. Yeah, we should, not,
15: we, we should concentrate on not giving them 17 or 20 points. That's, that's the bottom line. What about putting some of this stuff on our defense? It's time for the defense to show out starting tomorrow. Let's knock on that door, and they bust it open and play defense. So uh, that's, that's my first All point. Um, I wait,
1: before you, go to your, before you go to your second, I got a question for you. Sure. Uh, okay. Did you know that the defense is p- presently among the t- the top couple Pres- ranked defenses in the country?
15: You're breaking up a little. Presently, what?
1: They're presently one of the top ranked defensive units in the country.
15: They're ranked okay. second
1: in the country. Well, They're second in the country in total defense. Okay. Well, guess All right, what? So they have. Me- so they have stepped up. They've done no, it I'm quietly. They, they do, they've they done it quietly. We haven't seen the turnover chain every five seconds like we did at times last year, but they're number two in the country in defense right now.
15: Garrett, here's the thing. I am, I haven't been saying anything about them not, and playing bad. What I'm trying to no, say is while we, while we start this quarterback that I think we should start, Why not say, okay, let him manage the game. Come on now, let's think about this a little bit, Gary. We've watched college basketball on on football after football after football after football for years. And when you're going to start a quarterback that don't have the experience, you put a little bit on managing the game and then getting our defense ready to play that game. So if you ask all the coaches, they'll tell you, he's going to start. But we're not going to ask him to win the game for us. We're going to put him in good situation for him to manage the game. And if we see spots that he can explode and, and get a pass down the, down the field or run it here or get it down, then he'll do it. But for, at the beginning of the game, he's going to manage the game. And another thing, too, if we get the coin flip, we should take it. Don't defer. We're at home. Take coin flip. Let's get on top of these guys immediately. Cause get a, let's get seven on them, and, and that's the bottom line. You're home; do not defer. Those are the, the things I don't like to see. You're deferring to the second half for what? You're home; you have the crowd. Get on; get the lead. Try to get seven right away. Put the pressure on the visiting team. That's just that's just how I look at it. So I'm glad you told we're second in the nation, but that means we need to put it on the defense a little bit. All right, let's 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 go to a couple other things. All right, um, Gary. I'm a little different with you on this. I think and, – and, and this is big boy, big boy pants time. When you're, when, you, when you're making commitments to Miami, you've got to know what's coming with it. And you said it'd be unfair for them to boo uh, um, Rozier tomorrow, but I guess what? He better not take the chance of starting Rozier because he will get booed. And I think people around him is telling him that this kid is going to get booed, and I don't think he wants to
1: show the recruits. If that happens, it's well, horrible.
15: But yeah, listen, you got to know your town. You got to know what town you're you coaching yeah, in, you know?
1: Mal- Malik you Rozier, Mar- Mark Rick might de- might decide that Malik Rozier gives him the best shot at winning coming out of the gate in that game and he might start and him. And the kid doesn't deserve and- to get booed for it. I mean, the the, the the kid is it is what it is. Like he's not a great quarterback, but he might be the one that Mark Rick thinks gives him the best chance to win. And he doesn't what, deserve what to get he doesn't deserve to get We're booed getting- over it.
15: But Gary, what are we? We're a brand. We're we're the U. And if you watch the 30-30, we're considered a a, a professional team in Miami in a sense and when we're going good. So it's time to get back going good. And guess what? If he he put him out there and he gets booed, it is what it is. He's a fifth-year senior. He should be able to handle that. And that's the thing. If you know he doesn't have the psyche for it, don't do it to him. You're talking about you don't want to throw him away, but if you know he doesn't have the psyche for it, let's not put him out there to get booed because that means he's not going to be ready. He doesn't have the psyche to prepare to be able to get the job done. And I don't believe in the kid. I don't think he's a very good quarterback. I think a lot of people don't think he's a very good quarterback, so why put him out there? Roll with, your, roll with the guy that's going to get it done, that's going to move the pocket. I think the first several plays anyway, you should move him and hit the tight end in the opening play if you don't run the ball. Fake the run, hit the tight end on the rollout. Get them easy, give an easy pass. Run the ball and get your defense ready to win the game. Let's switch to a couple other things, Gary. All right. Um, my opinion. Let me see what you're thinking about this. Red shirts. Mark Pope. Um, maybe Wiggins. The quarterback Cam Davis. All these guys. I'm something. I'm probably missing a few. Um, the kid from Georgia, number eleven, a Hazard. All these guys should be red-shirted. Um Just, just not going to be able to unless there's injuries. I just feel like we should go ahead and not play around and go ahead and
1: red shirt these guys.
15: Just get, it'll be, we'll be better off for it. What's do what you think about that?
1: I agree. I I think they should try to red shirt at least three of them. Uh, okay. I still think they will, but uh, you know I think that you know they're also, you know the, these guys expect to play, so it's a it's a little bit of a slippery slope, you know.
15: Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't want to hear anything tomorrow about um having a slow start. We came out we came out slow. Please, I don't want to hear that. We should be ready to, ready to go. Hey, out of those seven guys that's coming tomorrow, um, returning back to um, Carolina, have you looked into seeing which, on defense or offense, where can we, mean to exploit or be or should we be concerned about any guys that's coming back tomorrow? What position? And can that position give us trouble? Have you looked into it to see I have not. any one of those guys that's coming back?
1: I have not. Okay. I have not studied Carolina to that depth. Okay. All right.
15: Well, here's another thing for me. Um, you know, I kind of want to touch – I want to touch recruitment, but let me just touch this. Um, the kid from Clemson kind of think it's a um, weird situation. I, I feel bad for the kid. But I'm also hearing that North Carolina State is a candidate for him. But how is that? Yeah, I thought you couldn't, you, you couldn't transfer within conference. Is he a
1: graduate? They have new rules now, and I'm not sure if the ACC – has ad- adopted a policy that keeps a kid from transferring within the conference, but he definitely can transfer at this point of the season. That that, that there's no question yeah, about. I know that, but I, I don't, don't remember seeing anything that that the ACC adopted any special rule to deal with interconference transfers. So he might be able to go to NC State. You know, I don't know.
15: That's terrible. That's terrible because we, I think we, on the rotation, I think we
1: see North Carolina State soon and I don't like that. Anyway, he won't be there by then, Ross. I think he's only got, yeah. isn't this his last year? Or does no. he have one more after this?
15: No, I think he's, a, I think this was his, um, wasn't he a redshirt sophomore this year? It's at least
1: his junior year, I think. I can look it up while you're talking. Yeah, but, so if, uh, he,
15: so if, he's a, if he's a three-year player and he graduates, then he gets two to play.
1: Hey, keep talking and I'll look it up.
15: Anyway, hey, a couple other things too. Uh, you mentioned earlier that um, the kid Wong that, 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 that Miami picked up basketball wise, it was a forward. No, he's not a forward. He's a guard. He's a four star guard. Oh, maybe five star, four and a half, five star. You sure he's not a no, small a, forward? No, he's a guard. Nothing. Okay, he's okay. a guard. I, I'm, I'm, no, from this I'm from this area. He, I, know, I know the entire organization. Very familiar with the kid and everything. He's a guard.
1: He's a big time guard. He's one. He's a good catch. And um, surprisingly,
15: because you know Miami was. In,
1: Basketball wise, he was in trouble with. You're the right. Cj C- Walker's Cj Walker's the forward. My bad. Yeah, and it, the fact that remember earlier and, last and and, that, Kelly, and by the way Kelly Bryant is a senior.
15: Oh, yes. Oh yeah. Okay, I thought maybe he was a younger. Okay. Well, anyway, he nice. can transfer. He wants to. I just don't want to be able to face him down the road. No, hey, you're not gonna, you are You going to face Gary. Answer, answer this one for me. Um, we talk about this all the time. You talk about it all the time, saying we have a we have problems getting offensive alignment in Florida down here in Miami and all that you know I'm in Jersey when I say down here in Miami because I'm a diehard king fan and um so talk to me about this kid why why is this kid going to South Carolina he's a four-star 6'5 290 pound kid the kid Mark Fox from Miami Northwestern okay if we can't get the kid Neil why they're they're not they're
1: they're not recruiting Mark Fox why I guess they don't think he's good enough. I, don't know. I mean, they not well, good, I'm good sure enough to go to
15: um, SEC, um, SEC. South Carolina is not. UCF.
4: That doesn't mean they're
1: right. It doesn't mean they're right. It doesn't mean Miami's right. It's just you know that's what coaches do. They evaluate. And what do you? They What you? They haven't been. I haven't looked at Mark Fox that close. I saw him at one of the camps. To me, he was just another guy. But I had I haven't I didn't look at him. You know, with a fine uh, microscope. He didn't okay. stand I'm out. Good. I could tell you. I could tell you he didn't stand out or anything. You know, but, there was but, nobody but, saying, "Oh my but, god, oh my god, Miami's
15: got to get Mark Fox." But you know, yeah. when it comes to offensive line, man, you you just got to be able to pick, get them in, get get them into your system. The kid is six five two ninety, and he's a four star. He's not like a three. He's a. I know we don't want to pay too much attention to stars, but he a highly. He's not going to. Vanderbilt. He's not going to the lower tier schools. He's going to South Carolina, which is a pretty. It's, you know, in the, the day they might not be able to do certain things, um, skill wise, but they always have good offensive line and all these. And he's, he's going to the SEC, so that kind of like troubles me. And he's in our backyard, so I hope they I hope they reconsider that. You know, we need as much offensive lineman with size and girth as possible. I, I just don't,
1: I don't, I don't like. Right, being but just every offensive line, uh, there's plenty of big kids out there. You're trying to find the best athletes to play offensive line. All right, Ross, what else you got?
15: Um, that's pretty much about it, man. I just, um, I think if he puts a quarterback out there, I uh, listen. He, he has a. I know you know what want to but he have a chance of losing some of the kids because I
1: think if you think about it, the kids won – it, it I just, they play. no, I, I don't believe that okay. that's a, that that situation exists on the team. Did you hear DJ Dallas step up the week before and criticize the the booing of Malik? Oh, he boy. did he, didn't,
15: well, what, he did
1: that unsolicited. Nobody told him to do that. But, so but a, so the, this this this, that, this 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 team isn't divided into camps. Garrett, now, I've, I've seen, Ross, I've seen no evidence of that. I would tell you if I did. I've seen no evidence that there's a divided team. The same way you don't see any evidence of what's
15: going on with Richards, the same way you don't see what's going on with Richard. there could be something going on. So I'm not trying to challenge you on that. There could be. Say, I, we I we, didn't
1: I, say there couldn't be. There could be something going on there.
15: Yeah, but we just got to be very careful. Start the kid that needs to start, and it's time to move on from Razier. he's here. He's, he's a mediocre guy, and we're trying to send messages to all our recruits. And, guys, if you say a kid is good enough to play, he's ready to play, play him. It sends a message all across the board. It's going to be an ugly look tomorrow in a blackout, a big-time game that our quarterback is being booed. Not a good look. Don't take that chance. Do right, we'll see what he does. We'll, we'll see what the coach does. All right, does.
1: Man. Hey, All right, Ross, thanks, it's, it's I will. Thanks for being part tonight, of the show. Too. All right, You man. got it, man. Go thanks for being part of the show. All right, 563-999-3633 is the number, 563-999-3633. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out now to the 305. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing, Gary? Doing great. Who's this? It's Shmyra55. Hey, what's up, Shmyra? How are you doing this evening? Huh?
10: Hanging in there, hanging in there, you know, just getting home from work. I didn't get a chance to uh, hear hear the majority of the uh, first two hours of the show, but I can imagine that everyone is very pro Nikosi Perry. Do I get a good vibe on that or no?
1: I I think a lot of fans are, but we had Ryan Collins on the show who Uh kind of fell into the same line of thought that I do, which is that this is not a clear-cut decision, that there's pluses and minuses of both, and – you know, I, I do think that he's going to start Nikosi Perry, but I don't harbor any illusions that this team's going through the next eight games and not ever needing Malik Rozier again. I just, I don't believe that. Right. See, and I
10: absolutely feel they should start Rozier. I think that they should have the same exact
1: rotation,
10: not rotation, do the same exact thing they did against FIU. Let Rozier start the game. You're not downplaying him. You're not benching him. Let him play the first two series, then put Perry in, see how he does. And now you're not dividing the, the whole thing. If you bench Rozier, you lose. You potentially could be just losing him and just, you know, he could just lose total interest in the team. And I can tell you firsthand, Nikosi Perry is not the future of University of Miami. It's the true freshman, Jaron Williams, is, the,
1: is the, the
10: prize package here. So you're just talking about a, a stopgap player anyway. Um, all right, why did num, all, you know, like, I,
1: let, let, let's let's stop for a minute uh, first of all why do okay. you think he should why do you think he should start Rozier and 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 why do you feel that Williams is the future of the program and Perry would just be a stopgap
10: I, I mean just from seeing Perry the last two years I don't think that the kid has the
1: the the
10: poise and the accuracy and what it takes to be a University of Miami quarterback for the next three years I think he's a little wild in the pocket. Um, I think he should have grasped this offense. They tried to hand pick him. I mean, they tried to give him the job for the last two years, and he couldn't do it. He couldn't beat out Rozier. So, I mean, what, and, and just everything that I'm hearing about Williams is that he's the, he's the next good player. I mean, the, the next quarterback in Miami. I have seen nothing from Perry that makes me think that he's, you know, the, the next great thing. I think he's just a stopgap. That's my, my personal assessment. That's I'm going to a lot of the scrimmages, practices, talking to people, kind of in the know. I don't hear anyone saying that Kosey Perry is the next quarterback for the next three years.
1: And well, I mean, part, I I'll back, today. I'll back you up on that. I mean, I, I said this, I think, on the show a couple of weeks ago. I mean, I've. Talk to just about everybody, and yeah. I talk to a, a, a lot of people that are out at every practice. I talk to people affiliated with the team. I talk to you know I I've never I'll stop right there, but I've never heard anybody that has anything to do with this program, either directly or indirectly, that's around it all the time, that sees the scrimmages and the practices and everything else, who has ever mm-hmm. said that. Nikosi Perry should be playing over Malik Rozier and Mark Richt is making a huge mistake. Not one person. I mean, now I, I, at the same I'll, at the same time I and I talked back. about this can... Yeah, and and I talked about this at the beginning of the show, but at the same time I do understand you know Mark Richt the won't the can't evaluate what he has at the quarterback position without putting Perry out there, without putting Cade Weldon out there. And eventually And he alluded to this in his comments this week, which I also played at the beginning of the show, eventually putting Jaron Williams out there. And that could happen this year as well. I mean, he could put him out there three more times and and not blow his red shirt. And uh, he needs, Mark Rick needs to have a good evaluation of the quarterback position by the time he gets to the end of November, because that's when he has to make a decision on what they're going to do Moving forward, do they go into the aftermarket? Do they go try to find a transfer to come bridge the gap next year? Uh, You know, between, you know, if Jaron Williams is going to be the guy and he's not ready yet, you might go need to go get yourself a a graduate transfer who can be the guy next year while you're still developing Jaron Williams, for example, and, and, and the cozy if he chooses to stay or whatever. There's so many different ways that this thing can still go. And Mark has got to be prepared to manage it. And uh, I don't think it's clear-cut. And uh, like I said, I don't have a personal opinion um, other than I do think Jaron Williams will get himself into the mix sooner than later. Um, but I, I just see all sides of this thing as far as it pertains to tomorrow. Well, I just don't think you should just bench Rozier. I think he deserves to
10: start. He deserves to – the problem with I see with Perry is going to happen. I could see this happening. All the fans are going to go out there. They're going to clap for him. Blah 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 blah. Everyone's going to be so happy. Then he's going to throw two pick sixes. Next thing you're going to you're going to blow a stupid game to North Carolina to Pittsburgh. A stupid game like this that so you should be winning that a Rozier could manage the game because if you notice Rozier, maybe he's not going to win you a game, but he certainly doesn't have those terrible interceptions or really things that are going to just kill your team. He's going to just keep you in the games and just get you. Oh, past the finish line. He's not going to win you the games. I could picture Nicosi Perry and coming there and flat out losing you the games and give it, you know, with pick sixes, turnovers, things like that. And and that's what really scares
1: me. It happened. You know, he had some interceptions in the scrimmages in the fall, yeah. you know, it, yeah. that that certainly, you know, weren't, weren't great and stuff. And, you know, but at the same time, we also saw the potential he has, against the FIU, yeah. but you can't, you, I don't think you can overreact to that, which is why, like I said, right. I'm, I'm on the fence, you know, I, and I'm not on the fence right. often on this one, I'm on the fence.
10: Sure. I personally think the biggest issue this year, and, and I'm not fingers at anyone or saying that, but I think that they don't put their quarterbacks in the position and they don't put their athletes in the position to really make plays. If you notice when Perry came in the other day, they gave him some very easy throws to, Brevin Jordan, you know, to to some of the receivers over the middle to Harley, just very easy passes, and then let them make them into ten fifteen yard gains. I, I don't, yep. I didn't see them doing that at all with Rozier at all, and every ball basically has to be a an all or nothing ball down, you know, and and they just didn't give them him that easy plays, and that's what I think really is is the problem here. That, that, well,
1: and comp- compliments to Mark Richt for that because he set. Nakozzi up for success, which is what he's supposed to do as a coach. You know I, that was his first that meaningful. Right. It was his first meaningful playing time. You know he set him up for success. He gave them high percentage passes to throw that got him into a little bit of rhythm, and then he took some shots down the field. Well,
10: and I and I really thought they gave, they gave the kid a real service by doing that. You know they got the kid, which they could have done with Rozier, even if you go back to the LSU game. The guy, I mean, he was completely shot by the time, you know, with everything that was going on, and he did eventually throw that pick six. But, I mean, they didn't set the guy up at all for easy passes. Everything was a, you know, a 15, 20 yards down the field. When you have the athletes, you got to take advantage and get yourself some easy plays. That's what, that's what
1: I saw. Yeah. Um, and for, so and, and fortunately, the couple face times face. when he could have been intercepted, he wasn't. Yeah, that, right. Yeah. I mean, the other day, Perry
10: could easily could have thrown three interceptions. Easily. I mean, but I think we're both on the same page that I don't think anyone in the know within the program really thinks that Nikosi Perry is the next coming of a three-year starter at University of Miami. That—that's—that's. Yeah. That's, I mean, I'm sure the fans could say that. I'm sure, by the way, and I'm like I said, you're I'm making a lot of people
1: very fans. unhappy right now. But you know, there's a, decent, the truth, there's a decent, so. ch- a there's a I'm, decent chance that you're right. I, <laughs> uh,
10: Gary, I normally don't come on here with a bunch of rubbish. I
1: normally know what's going on and i could
10: ask, how many times did, did they compare the miami situation to the uh clemson situation how many times did i miss that which is t- a lot a lot but there's,
1: but there's zero comparison and it, that, and that, that I, I, comparison, I told them that that trevor lawrence kid talking, is look, look is like yeah, an nfl quarterback talking, coming out of high school
10: yeah you're talking about the, probably the top player probably top quarterback in college football now which was just happened to be a true freshman Taking over for basically a a very similar to you know an above average Rozier, like you know a game manager. So we got to start the best player here. You're talking about two, the best of the worst in our situation. You're not talking about a uh, first rounder anywhere in the comparison.
1: yeah. It's not a good comparison.
10: No, I, I just know that I'm sure I heard that we must have missed at
1: least 15 of those. But, no, you know, well, I
10: just a couple. That, that was that was yeah. That was my take just on Rozier, and I'm sure I'm, you know not many people went out and said that but I'll be at the game and I know there'll be a lot of recruits at the game tomorrow. The game actually does scare me. I don't know how they came up with an 18 eighteen. you know, the spread of 18 sounds a little high to me, but you know, this North Carolina team, they get players back. They played Cal hard. They had a really they, you know, their next game was a big disaster, but listen, they won last week. I mean, this team can't be they're not just going to roll over. They get players back.
1: No, it'll be, be a competitive be team. No yeah. doubt. I mean, but
10: you don't see any reason why
1: Miami should lose, correct? I hope not. I mean, you wouldn't think <laughs> so, but, you know, they got to play. All right, Shmira, hey, thanks for calling it. in, man. Always, always, always enjoy All your right,
15: calls. You Give it.
1: us a call next I'll week. See yep. I'll see you tomorrow. You get. got it. All right. You got it. Bye-bye. All right, 563-999-3633 is the number, 563-999-3633. You hit the number one on your keypad. If you would like to come on the show, we got about an hour left. A bunch of guys want to get on, so we're just going to go at it rapid-fire. And I'm also going to mix in the questions that were on the message boards at canesport.com. But right now, let's go out to the 305 again. You're live on CaneSport Live. 305, you with us? Going once, going twice. All right, you're going to have to do it next week. Let's go to the 954. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How y'all doing? Doing good. Who's this?
0: Uh, this is Prince Akil. How you doing, Gary?
1: Hey, what's up, Prince Akil? What you got for us tonight? Talk. Uh,
0: first of all, first first and foremost, uh, <clears throat> the last caller, uh, <clears throat> uh, 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 with all due respect, brother, I disagree with you. What you said is actually straight blasting me. The question is not whether or not Nikosem Perry is the next star at the University of Miami. Because, first of all, anybody that's playing, let's just, let's just be honest, anybody that's playing at the University of Miami that's starting or have a chance to start or be a consistent starter can actually, to a certain degree, be able to play on the next level. So I understand that. But that's just another conversation. I with him on the chatter board. But let me get to my points. Um, when it comes to the whole situation about, and I voice myself, and I kind of agree with you. I kind of agree with you. I heard the situation, uh, the, uh, the call with Ryan Collins. This is why I disagree with Ryan Collins. The fact that he, is, he has the ability to be in the know, the fact that he has the ability, being that he has this same type of similar experience to say, hey, listen, the coach of Perry, you know, by me being an alumni, let me sit down and talk to you about how to manage, how to prepare yourself as a quarterback with expectations. How do you prepare? How do you mature on and off the field? How do you get, to sit, how you get the coach to put you in a situation where they can trust you internally, spiritually? You know, Mark Worth is always talking about his intuition. I think I'm going to challenge Ryan Collins, any Ryan Collins out there, because he's a former quarterback to use this as an opportunity to uh, groom, develop, and help. Nurture, whether it be Darren Williams, uh, 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 the Perry, Kate, uh, all, all the quarterbacks, you have a sense of obligation to do it if you have the ability to do it. So that's where Ron Collins, uh, he missed me with that, all of that. So him agreeing, disagreeing about the coaches, do something about it to make the situation better. <laughs> that's a one, um, on that. Now, as far as Malik Rosier start so, and i I'm one to agree I think that Malik Rosier should start uh should start the game off and just from just from a just you let him start the situation game off because to me, I think Malik Rose a problem is he's never been put in a situation to where he felt threatened by his position, although Mart Rich talked about this, he knew that there had to be some type of discord between Mart Rich and the two two or the three current quarterbacks that he had. So he knew that his situation, his position was never up for debate, up for grabs. But now he's looking that way. You know what? Over the last three games, I haven't really good performance. Now Mark Rich has shown me, hey, listen, this guy, the coach, he actually can play. Whether or not we want to say FIU is a higher tier school or a lower tier school, he can't complain. play. I think if Malik Rozier starts tomorrow, we see a different Malik Rozier, someone that tends to be more conscientious about where he's placing the ball not locked in on one receiver and try to manage the game from a standpoint of showing the true leadership, showing the next progression and what Mark Rich is trying to teach him as a quarterback, all of them he's been watching and all the quarterbacks, whether it be all the older heads, Brad Coyce, saying, listen, this is what you got to do. So all those whispers for now, for now, can now become some type of internal motivation to excel on that. So I'm, I'm 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 like you. I agree with you in a lot of sense. I'm not well. Now I wouldn't say that. I can see both sides of it, but I think what's best for the team overall is to start Malik Rozier, and let him have a chance to prove himself, and then if things are not going right or if things are going right, you hope you bring the coachy Perry in so now he can honestly feel that it's uh, given to him. Um, that's my points on that. Um, but like I said, I disagree with uh, Ron Collins on the whole quarterback situation. I think he just should, should just man up and just mentor. I, but what I want to ask you, um, as far as Omar uh, Richards, I do think uh, Malik, Malik, him and Malik Rozier not having a timing down pack. Whether there was an issue issue with the whole LSU situation, I do think. That's a big issue, not only amongst him, but all the other wide receivers. So I do think so. Whether or not it's an injury or not, we never know. But what I need your expertise is um, in trying to figure out, with the offensive line, what's going on with uh, the kid from American Heritage? I think his name was Hubert uh, that came in last year. Is he progressing? Is he he progressing to the offensive lineman that we thought he could be? Or he's just another gap filler? No
1: right now he's just the guy. He's he's yeah, he's he's not in the picture at all right now. Mm. Him and Dykstra, okay. him and Dykstra, I would say, are the two offensive linemen on the roster right now. they just just aren't there. You know, I mean I don't know if they'll ever be there.
0: Mm. Mm. Okay. Now as far now this is what I wanted to get your real uh, uh view to. on um, Patrick Bethel as far as his development, do you think as the season progressed and Gerald, Gerald Willis demanding more attention as far as a uh, double team, do you think we would see his game elevate to where he can use this as an opportunity to show that, hey, listen, he could be as a dominant force, at least play at a complementary level to where uh, McIntosh Tosh was kind of that similar where he could take mm. on a McIntosh level because, you know, Gerald Willis' level is kind of elevated. Do you see that? Yeah,
1: Gerald Ger- 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 Willis. Willis. Is that a level above all of them? I, I certainly don't see him getting to that level. Uh, I thought McIntosh was pretty good, so I don't know about that either. But I, th- I think Bethel is uh, – I mean, he's improving. I i, I thought he, he played okay. – he's playing better each week. I, I don't think he's a dominant defensive tackle by any stretch of the imagination. But, you mm. know, he I, I also think John Ford's getting a little bit better. I think Jeff okay. Simpsons is, seems to be doing a pretty good job coaching those guys.
0: So what about that other kid uh, that, that, that was from Alabama? Uh, uh, initial, I think Tyreek Martin. Where is yeah, he?
1: He's not. I don't even know. Is still on the, I don't even think he's on the roster anymore. No way. I'm having to go on memory here. My, <laughs> my memory is telling me he's not on the roster anymore. Let me. Uh, I'll double check that while we're talking, but uh, I don't think he's even on the roster anymore. Right. But he's not. I mean, I'm, he's
0: I'm, not. Just, oh, oh wow! Okay, that well, that answers that. But um, that's that's. I think that's. I, I wanted to know about uh, uh, Hubert uh, as far as O line because I was, you know, the conversation. I was like, I haven't heard anything about him. Patrick Bethel, do you think his progression, how his progression going, and with Jared Willis demanding more double teams? Okay, let me just, some let me just on tell myself, on. I'm
1: he is still on the roster, but he's not in the picture for anything. Okay. I, I don't think I don't think Got he'll you. be on the roster much longer. Let me put it that way. Got gotcha. you,
0: Now I wanted to know your thoughts on as far as what I was saying. As far as Ryan Collins, you don't think he should use this as an opportunity? I know he's busy with his business. You don't think he should use this as, as an opportunity to, you know, you know, being that he's been in a similar situation or close to it, to try to, you know, help Perry Williams. Uh, uh, Cad, uh, all those guys kind of develop and but take their game up to the next level. That's what I I, no. I I think that's the missing element. No,
1: I don't think Ryan Collins is positioned to go down there and do that right now. I mean, I don't think Mark Rick would welcome it. You know, I I I I just don't. I mean. You know, r- right now, I, th- I think people, you know, including former players are best off just letting Mark Rick do his thing. I mean, if you can't trust them with the quarterbacks, then you can't trust them with anything because <laughs> that's where his greatest mm. level of expertise is. And uh, I know I trust his expertise there. And if he fails at Miami, I'll get accused of supporting him at this point. Just like the first couple of years, I supported Al Golden because I saw potential in Al Golden. Al Golden, to me, had potential as a CEO type of head coach, and and he was very organized and 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 worked hard and everything. But he was he was he was stubborn, and he and he, and he didn't he didn't make the adjustments coming in, in year three that he needed to make, and and that's why he failed. But You know, I I supported what he was doing the first two years because I thought he had potential. And you know, Mark Richter is a veteran guy; he's got a lot of experience with quarterbacks, and he hasn't done anything here that should have made anybody lose their trust in him, in my opinion. At this point, it doesn't mean he's going to win the national title. I don't know if he will or won't, but I think. You know he's had the program on a steady move forward. He's trying to do the same thing this year. We'll see where these last eight games go. But if, if if they can get to eleven and one, which they certainly have the capability of doing, that will be another year of progression. And then we'll see where the postseason goes. But uh, I just I just don't see why anybody would not trust Mark Richt.
0: So he, so I guess I guess my question presented to you then, if I look at the quarterback situation, right, the quarterbacks overall. You have quarterback, and I and I was based them solely on their intellect ability, from a character standpoint, and an athletic ability standpoint. Is it more from the Kelsey Perry standpoint? Uh, do you think is 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 it more on a character standpoint on which he's referring to, as far as trust, and or intellect, as far as him not having the mental capability to progress towards. Taking the whole package all together, because we know that we can check off the well, box from an athletic
1: I, standpoint. I don't think it would be fair to sit here and say he doesn't have the mental capability. But you know, and, and I, and, and here's here's where I I miscalculated Nkosi coming out of high school, and because I, I mean, my, my feeling of the situation a year ago was, well, we 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 know Malik is average. Okay, he had been average for the previous three years. You know, he he backed up Brad Kaya who was above average, but not much above average. And Malik wasn't close to Brad. Brad was a clear cut starter when he was here. So I didn't have great expectations for Malik Rozier. And when I watched the cozy Perry in high school, I was like, wow, this kid's got some real skills. And, you know, he, he spent that time working with Jameis Winston, and I, you know, I made the comment that's a great guy to be working with because he's got those the same similar type of skills, and he might be able to develop into that kind of player for Miami. And I thought Nicozy was going to walk in here and win the job a year ago. And what I what I came to realize, and what I think happened, was he didn't play at a very high level of high school football. He played at mm-hmm. Ocala Vantage, they're Class Three A. And he didn't come prepared to the degree that I thought he might, and it took him. A, it's taken him a, a lot of time to, you know, he's, he's been developing slowly. There have been times when he ha- he showed his immaturity, got himself suspended, uh, and maybe wasn't as mature as you would like for a quarterback that you're going to put on the field to be. And it's it's taken him some time. But, you know, like I said, we're at the point right now where and and Mark has been very honest about this. He needs to find out what he's got. You know, he needs to put these guys on the field and he needs to in the context of he also has, has to obviously win the games. He has to find out what he has in these young kids because he's got to make decisions about next year. And he can't make them if he doesn't know what he has now. So I think that's why he was very motivated to get Nicozy in the game early last week. I don't think in his wildest dreams. He thought he was going to go out there and do touchdown, touchdown. You know, that was an eye-opener, even, even though it was against FIU. I mean, that was pretty damn good. And, and Nicozy played well all throughout. He had a few throws that could have been intercepted. Uh, you know, obviously, he's not a, a perfect quarterback. But, I mean, could you have expected any more? Than what he did last week, I don't think so.
0: So, did you have any? Did you have? And this is my last point for you, and I want you to elaborate more. As far as watching the Kosi Perry play last week against uh, FIU, and you know the fact that a lot of those kids were from South, a lot of from the state of Florida, South Florida, and from a game speed standpoint, number seven was able to get to uh, beat our offensive line. And, and, and penetrate through from a game speed standpoint. Where they may not have been elite, elite talent, but from a speed standpoint, it was there. Did you have any moments as as an analyst, as 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 a writer, to where you watched the coach and Perry do a couple things? You're like, hmm, wow. I kind of I I I, I kind of envisioned him doing this and said, yeah, this is what I seen when I watched his tape in high school. Say, yeah, this is what I saw from I I I I, I saw this ability in him. Now I'm yes. right here. Did you have any yes, abs- right there?
1: Abs- okay. absolutely. And wow. Without a question, yeah, I, I did see that. Uh, but I've been doing this long enough that I understand that that was a very small sample size. I did not think FIU was mm-hmm. very good. And I, I think the days moving forward, there's going to be a lot tougher ones than what we saw Saturday. And I'm not jumping to conclusions. I'm just not. I mean, I, I, know, I know better than that.
0: Gary, I appreciate you. I look forward to uh, getting in the box, uh, chat box later on in the day and the night. Uh, you can just, uh, I'm just going so to actively listen.
1: Thank you. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you for being part of the show. All right, guys, let me knock off a few of these questions that were submitted on the message boards at canesport.com and then we'll go rapid fire. So, all you guys that are on hold, stay there. I'm going to try to get to every one of you. Um, is Coach Thomas Brown in the booth spotting? For Mark Richt, or is he on the field? And if he is in the booth, what role does Rick's son have now with Brown? Uh, they've both been in the booth the past two games, and I thought that was a really nice adjust, adjustment by Coach Richt uh, to get an extra set of eyes up there. I, I think that helps him. And, uh, you know, when he added another position to the coaching staff, uh, we talked about it last year, I, I thought he might go in that direction and get himself another uh, veteran offensive kind of set of eyes that can, that can work with him uh, on game day and, and, and be up in the booth and help him you know, decipher through what the opponent's doing. Very hard to do it from field level. So um, I think Thomas Brown's at the point of his career now where uh, he's maybe ready to start playing a little bit, uh, that kind of role. Uh, John Rick by himself is not very experienced at that. So I thought it was a good idea for him to put that extra coach upstairs, they certainly have enough GAs and everybody else that can work the sidelines and um, get Thomas Brown up in the booth. So uh, uh, kudos to Mark Rick for that. I think it was a good move. Uh, another question: uh, do, do we just start going for it now on fourth down instead of punting? Uh, no, uh, I don't see that. Uh, you you might see Jack Spicer a little bit. Uh, you know, he might he might take a step back with Zach Feagles, but. You know, I've seen Zach Fiegel's kick a lot, um, but obviously both in games, but also on the practice field. He's a whole different kid on the practice field. Uh, when you watch him kick on the practice field, he he booms the ball 50 yards. He's got that four, four and a half, five second hang time. Everything you would want in your punter. And for some reason, if it's nerves or whatever, he just doesn't get it done on game day. And, and you know... As he moves forward in his career, he's a sophomore. That's going to have to change. But uh, <clears throat> you talk about going forward on fourth down instead of punting. I mean, if you're on your side of the field, you're not going to do that. If you're deep enough at the, uh, on the other teams like 30, 35, and you have to make that decision, that has nothing to do with feagles. You're deciding whether you want to go for a field goal or not. So, uh, no, I don't, I don't think that Mark Rick just starts randomly going forward on fourth down instead of punting. All right, let's get back to the calls. Let's go to the six seven eight. You're live on Kane Sport Live.
3: Hey Gary, what's going on?
1: Doing great. Who's can this? Can you hear me? I can hear you.
3: Kane's uh, Jackie.
1: Hey, what's up junkie? How it's you doing
3: today? Oh man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I got a few things. Uh, I think first of all
16: with um
3: with the whole quarterback situation, right? I think when we look at this situation, a, a lot of people, especially the, the 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 dude who called in and said uh, Perry a stopgap, and he had not seen nothing from Williams but claims William is the future, but he has nothing to go by. Uh, but he says Perry a stopgap. Like, just the thing with Perry, all right, and first of all, Perry played in the same division. Carroll City won the state championship. The first game of the playoffs, they lost to Lake Gibson, who Carroll City end up beating in the state championship? That's first. So he played in competition, Vanguard. But the thing with the thing with Perry is what I think is unfair. All right, first of all, he come in. He comes in the season uh, in the end of the summer, right? All right, the talent is clearly there. He was like the third ranked quarterback in his class. What they do with the dude at Alabama, and that's from a talent standpoint. All right. The thing with Perry was we knew he wasn't going to be physically ready. Look, like, if you just look at him, he, now he still, to me, he still isn't where he, he, well, I would like him to be playing quarterback, especially in the RPO. Physically he had, to, it wasn't going to take him a year to red shirt
15: to get physically ready.
3: All right. So to say, oh, he had all the last year, like, let's start with that. Cause we know he had to physically mature to even be on the field without us holding our breath. That's first. Second of all, Okay, he had the issue for him to be suspended for the first game of the year that was six months prior, according to reports. That would put that would have put in, put that situation in that same time frame. So now not only is he not physically ready, okay, now he has a trust issue, and it's like, oh, okay, it's his character. Talent-wise, we know it's it's not even close. If we're gonna go out talent-wise, so maybe you know. He he had to prove himself back from the mistakes he made, like and still at the same time getting physically ready. Now we want to say, oh, it's a character issue and all that. We can stop that too, because Cam Newton for one. All right, we'll just I just say Cam Newton kicked out of one school, then he go win the Heisman International. the national. So I mean, to me, I think we just look at this whole situation with Perry. Like really, like come on. Now we know he's the best, the better quarterback on the on, you know out of the two. All right, learning the playbook with that when when Malik first got here was a totally different playbook. Then last week, uh, last year, this when he implemented the RPO. And, and why, and, you know, he did that for us. Then he started recruiting quarterbacks to run the RPO. All right, that was Perry offense. So Mark Rick had to teach a whole new offense to a guy who had to take a whole year rancher sir. They had some, you know, some questionable decisions. So, I, I mean, we. We get we look too far into it with Malik and, and Perry. It's not even close. And then now we say, okay, we want to put Malik out on the field when he's proven that he's not the best option to win. And if we want to say that, like, hey, the best player should play. Why we keep saying Malik should start the game? Like, if the moment's too big for Perry, the moment's too big. But the best player should play, and it's it's not even close. And and, and the guy say, oh. So we want to say, oh well, Mark Rick made the offense like this for Perry. Malik couldn't hit Brevin Jordan all night. He was wide open all night against LSU. The catches Jeff, Jeff Thomas became a superstar to the world because he had to make acrobatic catches for the same passes that that Perry throw effortlessly. I mean, it's like let's be real with the situation. Okay, the only thing that the, the only thing that uh, Malik has on Perry. Is time and and, and, and we well want to experience maturity.
1: Okay, I mean, yeah, Man, and, and, which is time. Which is Jay, time. You're right.
3: Right, but this is my point. All right, Rick said the, uh, the quarterback that's going to play for him. He wants them to be around this percent. Uh, he wanted them to do this and do that. Okay, Malik, you had you a fifth year senior, and you still can't throw passes at a high completion rate. You okay? You know, you know the offense. But the purpose of knowing the offense is to know where to go with the ball. You make the offense stop. It's like, you, okay, you know the offense, but you can't hit the open man. What good is knowing the offense? What, what good is, is knowing you, you know where the checks are, but you're not hitting them? You can't hit them. I mean, it's, it's pointless for us to keep saying Malik should start for what? It's a waste of time but to get us down in the hole and end up blowing the game. Or we say, oh, put Perry out there. He might throw an interception. That's what Malik does, or he overthrows him, or he makes the wide receiver have to adjust to the ball and get a sports and a highlight to make a first-down 10-yard catch. I mean, the whole time when we play FIU, the reason the offense so different, the reason the defense couldn't commit, because they know, okay, it's a quarterback in here that will punish us if we start to send the house because he can make throws. When Malik is in the game, they're not concerned about that because they know that he can't do it. So now Perry not only opened up the, the all the the whole field because the middle of the field is going to be wide open. We got the best tight end in the nation that came out last year. We the, the middle of the field is open now. Now you open up the run game. Now we can open up the play action where he threw the beautiful pass to uh uh Brevin. He threw the the one that he missed, the rollout that he missed in the and uh in the corner of the end zone and then the one he threw the cage, like Malik can't make those throws. So for us to keep saying, Oh well, you know, he should start a roster to me is just a, a a waste of time and it, it, it's the it's the whole point of us saying the playbook this, the playbook that well now the the player who Mark Rick designed this playbook for is the one at the helm. So now you can expect the offense to look different. We can, we never seen uh Hardly kept the scene pass. <laughs> we didn't see that with Malik because he couldn't hit him. <laughs> I mean, it's just to me. I think we. I think we judge. No, but we've seen Jeff with, Thomas with do
1: it, Junkie, we Junkie, we've seen Jeff Thomas run the same play and do it. Let's be honest. Come on.
16: Man,
3: I mean, let's Jeff be let's be, let, let's up. be
1: fair. Let's be fair. They Garrett, ran the same exact Garrett. play, and Rozier's hit Jeff Thomas. Come on.
3: Man, my, Jeff Thomas had to do a three sixty one hand catch falling out of bounds. Like different play,
1: different play. The different, ball, different play, different play, different play. They've run the same wins, play to for Jeff Thomas and Jeff, and and Rozier's completed the ball to Jeff Thomas. So let
3: me ask, let me ask you a question, Gary. Now, Malik' best completion percentage is what? I not okay, good about head.
1: maybe fifty. No, I but, listen. I'm not defending Malik. I mean, I I see the pluses and minuses with both of them. I'm just saying be fair. Like be 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 fair. No, like
0: that's
3: what, that's what. And we're not being fair to Perry because Malik, you had time to. Perry do Perry's played two quarters
1: against FIU. That's your sample size. Malik Rozier is what he, sixteen and three as a starter. Sixteen but to four. Perry
3: didn't get the, See, that's when we're not being fair to Perry because Perry had had the opportunity to the like Pittsburgh, he hadn't had the opportunity to stink the field like LSU. You know, no,
1: but, but he, he is, but he, but, on but, but he is being, he is being fair because he played him the whole game almost last week. That's why we're having this conversation right. because he is being he's fair bad. to Perry. And and he's
3: and he easily trumped everything that Malik has done. Like and, and he may bad. start a,
1: He may start the game tomorrow night for all we know. We don't know, okay. but we, uh. but but everybody everybody thinks, and I would if I had to make a bet, I would bet that he starts in the cozy tomorrow night and sees how he does.
3: But but this is my thing. Uh, okay, so when he starts Perry, right? What, why are we expecting Perry to go out there and beat Joe Montana in the fourth quarter? I mean, let's be real. We're not, I, I'm not. Malik, are Malik, you? I'm not. Uh, Malik. I'm saying, but that's what we said. Oh, why well, if we go out there and throw a pick six? Well, Malik did it on national TV. Uh, several times, uh, but the thing is with Perry, he's going to grow up, so he's going to grow up in live fire. But he's clearly the best player at that position, and I don't think we be, we're be being fair by saying Malik. Like, we need to stop calling for Malik because we're not calling for Dean. We're not calling for Dean to go play cornerback. We're not calling All right, for junkie. To play play. junkie, let's get yeah. off quarterbacks
1: for a minute. Do you have anything on any, okay. any other subject?
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to uh, – I want to talk about the um, the whole Evan Hill situation. Um, like, the, I guess the board going, you know, hey, he might be a Bama league. You know, um, he's thinking about Bama. His mom said Miami. I was just like, I want to, uh, you know, ask a few questions about that. And and why why you feel like uh, – so, if Stevenson is all Georgia and he has been all Georgia, what would be the reason for him not to be committed already?
1: Don't know. Don't know. Uh but I I, I I don't see any indications that he's coming to Miami. I just don't. I think he's going to Georgia. Evan Neal, I think there's a decent chance he comes to Miami. Like, yeah, I think um, I forca- I think so, I forecasted him to Miami. So
3: we got with, you know, we got that new then, for
1: we got that new forecast feature now on the website.
3: That's so like a like another way to predict. But I'm saying it's a, yeah, it's a prediction it's a thing, yeah. Yeah, so recruiting is being slow. So why are we getting so much smoke with Stevenson if it's slow right now and it, and he hasn't committed yet? To me, I'm, I, like what Dent did is is something to be like, okay, wait a minute. But uh, uh, Stevenson just showed up to a game.
1: Yeah. No, he hasn't so told Miami they're right. out of it.
3: What,
1: what, he he yeah, hasn't so told where, Miami where too that out they're of out, out of it. The, the best way I could describe it to you is my guess is I don't think they're counting on him. I think they're they're I'm, they're battling it out. They're fighting as hard as they can fight. I don't think they're counting on him coming.
3: So we what, certain, would we have already uh, taken another commitment at that position if we wasn't counting on him?
1: No, not yet. But I mean, there's other kids out there. You know, that they, they might not be as good okay. as Tyreek. I mean, I mean, like they're trying to they're trying to sway Akeem Den, who is is equally regarded to Tyreek. So we'll see. Right, right. Okay, All right, Junkie.
3: Hey, I'm, hey, look, 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 Gary. Yeah, I'm gonna be. Um, I'll be down next week. Hey, I want to. Uh, I want my man Bruce. You know, I want to come check out the uh, the Sicilian pizza. Like, what's
1: up? Yeah, you do that. It's a great place.
3: Yeah, I want it. I want it to be on him too now.
1: <laughs> you are. You want him to buy? All right, we'll try. Yeah. We'll try to arrange hey, that. Yeah. You let us know. You let us know when Ryan, you're coming do down.
3: <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> okay, go ahead, man. All right, Junkie. Thanks,
1: man. <laughs> That's funny. We'll have uh, have Bruce buying Sicilian Oven Pizza for everybody. Um, Another question that was submitted on the message board. Does uh, Jaron Williams look as mobile as Nikozi Perry or have a quicker release? I would say he's not quite as mobile, but you just heard Junkie talk a little bit about, you know, just weight and body size. I think Nikozi probably weighs about 175. Jaron's a thicker, thicker athlete. You know, we'll, we'll see if that's a factor, um, but he can move a little bit too. I don't think he's quite as nimble as Nikosi. Um, but he does have a strong, probably a stronger arm. And um, the thing that I see eventually deciding that battle between the young kids would be like who best masters the mental side of the game. And, and, you know, you heard Mark Richt at the beginning of the show talk about the, the different intangibles he's looking for leadership, huddle presence, you know, things like that. Uh, I think that's all going to factor in in who ultimately, uh, he picks in 2019 to, you know, to be the, the, the future of the program. And, uh, so we'll see how that plays out. Uh, next question. Should we expect this team to go to a new year's six bowl this year? Uh, yeah, I think so. If this whole quarterback thing doesn't derail it, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, I wish they were more settled at quarterback. I wish there wasn't a question who the best quarterback is, uh, the only thing I could see screwing up the defense is if they have injuries. Uh, you know, if they don't have injuries, I think they're good enough. Uh, and, and Miami will probably be favored in every game they play the remainder of the year. And if they do that, they'll be in one of those bowl games regardless of what happens in Charlotte. So we'll see what happens. Um, next question, Jordan Miller. Are the coaches happy with his progress? Is he ahead of schedule, right on schedule, more of a project than they thought? Um, I think like most true freshmen, that need to be developed that, that um, you know, the thing about Miller is that makes him a little unique is he's just so darn big. I think he, he probably weighs three hundred forty, three hundred fifty 350 pounds. He's going to need to lose some weight and get in better shape before he can really be competitive on the defensive line. And with, with him, I got to believe that's what this year is all about. If they could get him to the point where by the spring, He's in much better shape and uh, and and maybe more able to compete to play next year. I think he would be right on schedule at that point if it plays out that way. All right, let's go back to your calls. Let's go out to the nine five four. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hi, Gary. It? Can you hear me? That, yep, that's you. Who's this?
9: Hey, this is JJ Dub thirteen. How you doing?
1: What's up? What's up, JJ? What you got for us?
9: It's been a while. Well. It's been a while since I've been on the talk show. i missed the last couple, but wanted to compliment you. The point um, point counterpoint is a great segment, you know, with the uh, past players. I actually, um, going back um, in the job I have, I do, like, pharmaceutical sales. So I had a chance to meet Dr. Claude Jones back about three years ago. Great guy. Talked about great football guy. a little bit here and there. So, yeah, enjoy it. Um, so I went to the Canes game last week against FIU. <clears throat> so what I saw, you know, watching the game closely with – Perry quarterback and you know I know everybody's been talking About that tonight so don't want to be Too much of a dead horse but the thing that I liked A lot that I don't know if it was Rick You know adjusting the play calling to Perry's Strengths but the intermediate Passing game is was great You know it was on display like the guy Said a little while ago he mentioned Mike Harley that was somebody that I've been waiting To see explode even going back to Last year that I've heard about he practices his butt Off he's oh my god right after Jeff Thomas you know
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was, it's so, nice to see yeah. Harley get get the chance to do a little bit more because he, he earns it on the practice field, no doubt. I, I mean, we, when you're watching a receiver drill, he's working with a different intensity than all the other guys. And that's not necessarily a good thing. Like, and, you know, in fact, I heard that last week at one of the practices, Harley stepped up and, and tried to demand that everybody practice like him. Uh you know he he treats every rep on in practice like it's the last of his life and uh i've been very impressed when i've watched him do that he's not as naturally talented as some of the other guys in that room but uh he outworks them and that's why he's playing so much
9: well I, you know i hope that um uh, Miami on offense is able to keep it up with you know going uh to him to Brevin Jordan in that little uh what is it 5 yard to 15 yard range because they were able to just methodically I don't know if I'd use the word ball control but I mean if you look at the running game they had it going you know mind you it was FIU but they can continue that like North Carolina is what one and two so I'm not terribly concerned I know you know like history always says that North Carolina's played Miami tough but it seems like this year should be more like a three touchdown game you know or something like that but that whole intermediate passing out you know look for is key question I had um, is with the O-line, Gary. You know, you've seen them a few games now, and, you know, we watched them on TV and what, whatnot. Right now, as it seems, like I know Bullworth's playing a little bit more, so is, uh, what's his name, um, Scaife. Who would you say, based on just what you've seen, how they respond responding the game, what should be probably the, the best starting five they have? That was a question I had.
1: Well, I mean, here's the problem. They've gone through spring, they've gone through fall, it's going to be hard to remake everything at this point. I mean, I, I think they're going to have to keep doing what they're doing. Uh, I mean, big picture, I think you'd like to take Donaldson and move him back to guard without question. Uh, I think you would like to take uh, Tyree St. Louis and move him over to right tackle. Uh, but, you know, I don't think Scape's ready to take the left tackle position by any stretch. I don't think they can do that. Uh, I think what they can do is play bull a little bit more. And they are. Uh, he's gotten to the point where he and Jahair Jones are splitting things about 50-50. So they're really probably doing everything they could do. And uh, they're, they're doing a decent job pass blocking, uh, grading out relatively well as pass blockers. Where they're struggling a little bit is in run blocking. Hmm. You, you there?
9: Yeah, yep, I'm there. No, I agree about the pass blocking looks good. Um, at the game, I was noticing what they were doing was they were flip-flopping, rotating the three tackles. List. So they were, like, let's say from maybe the second or definitely by the third quarter, the probably second quarter, they were flip-flopping um, St. Louis, Donaldson, and Scaife. Like I was looking in every, let's say every other series, they were rotating between those three, so they like, oh, this is they're trying to develop scafe
1: they need a they need a third guy uh, you can't you can't you know if somebody gets hurt you got you're gonna have to put them in the game so that they're trying to develop scafe and and that's why you're seeing him uh get in the mix gotcha uh
9: other question I had uh, a little bit about the depth and with injuries, like I saw where they said well, Wilder the linebacker is out for the year, and then you had the t- um back of tight end Palendi and Irvin earlier you know this season go out um what are they doing to address not necessarily linebacker because it seems like they have enough there but for um defensive line i'm sorry defensive end and tight end is anybody like they're bringing over you know to another position to back up like tight end because they can't go the whole year with um the two tight ends jordan and mallory so who else do they have
1: uh they've got a walk on but I don't think you'll you're gonna see him on the field. I, I think they're gonna to try to get by with, with what they've got here with these two freshmen. Uh if one of them gets hurt, not sure what they'll do. Uh you know, at that point you might see more four wide receiver sets and things like that. But you know, right now they're still okay. They're you know, they they've got the two freshmen, they're both playing well, so they don't have to do anything drastic.
9: Gotcha. So you don't foresee Langham, for example, who would be the closest no. guy in size? No.
1: Yeah, no, I don't see that. No, I I think in blocking situations they would use an extra offensive lineman before they would make that move. Gotcha. Because okay. uh, in the passing game well, they can accomplish the same thing just by playing a fourth receiver.
9: Makes sense. I hadn't thought about that. I thought they were going to probably have to move maybe even Patchin, but I saw Patchin playing defense. He's been looking. No, they it. need him at defensive no,
1: end. He's playing a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha.
9: Okay. Well, that's all I had. But yeah, just wanted to compliment you the show, and showing that counterpoint is good stuff. Really good.
1: Oh, good. Glad you enjoy it. We like we like doing it, so it's all all good. All right, man. Thank you for being part of the show. We'll get talk to you next time. Let's go to the nine one six. You're on Kane Sport Live. Gary, yeah, what's going on, man? Doing great. Who's this?
6: Hey, man. This is Roland from New Orleans. Hey, what's up, Roland? How you doing this week? What's going on, man? How you doing, man? I got to check the game up, and Gary, uh, look, man, he uh, look pretty good, man just want to get, I know you've at, at, at practice, so you got to, get to see different aspects of him. What, what's your thoughts on him? On Perry? I, yeah.
1: I mean, I, th- I thought he did great. I thought he did great against FIU. I think he gave Mark Richt everything he could have wanted out of that game. And, and, you know, now we got to see where it goes from here. And, you know, I don't, I'm not lining up in any camp personally. I, I'm, I, my total trust is in Mark Rick to make the proper decisions and judgments. And, uh, um, like everybody else, I'm anxious to see what he decides to do tomorrow night. I think he'll p- play both, but we'll see. Uh, I do not think the fans should boo if he puts Malik out there first. I think that you know that that would be a shame. You know, I, I mean, Malik Rozier has not done anything to deserve to be booed. You know, I mean, he is what he is. He's done the best he can do.
6: Yeah, Gary. Quick question, man. Uh, I was back home in New Orleans for a little bit, and I got a chance to go to a couple games. I was looking at the defensive linemen and offensive linemen just just in New Orleans, man. Um, good question. Any, any thoughts on um, they got to build defensively? I mean, for, I mean, I understand corners and, and, and linebackers. They got to uh, and, and get your thoughts on this. They really, really, they got to really get three, four, five D D uh, defensive tackles in some D ends and and old line. They, I mean, they gotta and, get really and have nice to build. be able
1: to go outside of South Florida to get it. I agree. I, if that's yeah, what you're saying, say, I here. agree with you. Yeah,
6: here. they, they got to get out of Florida. They, they yeah, that's what. I, yeah,
1: I'm agreeing with you. Uh, yeah, and Louisiana is a great place to start. Louisiana, Texas. Here,
6: I was at at, at 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 it was a St. Augustine Jesuit game, and I was you know Leonard Fournette played at St. Augustine, and I was looking. I was like, man, look at all these kids, man. D D lineman and 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 lineman, You got uh, even Gerald Willis. He played at college, uh, in Louisiana. I'm just like, all oh, this talent. I mean, I I I don't know what what Stacey Shields is doing, man. He, but he got to get down to uh, New Orleans, man. It's just, it's just it's just ridiculous amounts of talent. I, they got to get out of Florida, you know, as it relates to getting guys D tackled and, and old linemen, man. I don't know. I mean. You, I mean, you see it better than anybody. Uh, even, even uh, we look at programs like Utah. They got you know the Samoan kids. I mean, we got to get some kids, some big kids that can that can fill those gaps, for so the A gaps, and, and it's just. I, I mean, I, I don't understand why they just you know everything is just Florida related from the from the offensive line and 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 uh, D tackle position, you know.
1: That's their philosophy right now, but they are willing to go out of state when they have to, and uh, hopefully they will. I mean, hopefully they will go out of state and, and 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 look at those those positions because I I think they need to.
6: And they definitely need to. I mean, um, yeah, they do. They do, man. They got. I mean, I understand. You know, you got all these corners and safeties and receivers and running backs. But When you got that heavy. The heavy trenches, you know, big D tackles. I'm looking at this. I'm, 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 I'm seeing all these kids. I'm like, man, you know, they getting offers from Miami. No, they getting offers from Ole Miss and 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 Mississippi State and, and schools like that. And I'm just like, I'm just not understanding how Miami not mix for some of these for, for a lot of these guys. I just don't. I don't, I don't know, man. It's, it's it's pretty interesting to see that, you know.
1: Yep. All right, you got anything else for us tonight? No, I'm good, Gary. Just
6: just wanted to give you a holler, man.
1: Alright, man. Thanks for calling in. We'll talk to you next week. Right. BFSU Week. All right, let's go to the five six one. You're on Kane Sport Live. You with us? Five six one. Going once. Going twice. Gary? Okay. Yes, sir, that's you. Oh, that's me. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> what you got? Who's this?
4: I uh I listen. I listen every week. I never, never try to talk. Uh, this is Ed in Palm Beach. Hey,
1: what's up, Ed? Um, come on, make your make your de- make your debut. Make it good.
4: This, this is all I've got to say, and I'm gonna keep it 100. Plan on booing. Don't come to the game.
1: Yeah, Don't I, I agree with you. Why would you, Why would you boo? Why would you Malik Rozier?
4: I've lived in Florida for 10 years, and I've had season tickets. And I've not missed a game since I've been here. And I had a guy behind me, booing and Rozier. And then when he made a pass and got a touchdown, he wanted to start cheering. I said, you need to sit down. Because if you're going to boo the guy, you can't cheer for him when he makes a good play. And that's, that's all I can say. I, I I'm, As far as who should start, I, I leave that up to Coach Rick, I don't really. It doesn't matter to me either way. Uh, I think that Rozier has put his time in, and if you if you don't start Rozier, who, who's to say that the the kids, the other kids will get discouraged? I don't know. That's that's all I wanted to say was if you if you're gonna boo, stay home and boo in your living room.
1: Yeah, I I, I don't disagree with you. you. I you, I think that would you, be really a shame.
4: You don't need if if you're a real fan, you don't you don't do that
1: to your own team. Yeah. No, no, all right, man. You got, any, you got anything else for us? That's it. That's all. All right, I'm man. Talking. Hey, thanks thanks for calling in. Do it again. All right, let me knock off these last few questions that were submitted on the message boards at canesport.com. It seemed like Benzel Bulwer had a nice game last week. Is he expected to see an increased role going forward? Uh, yeah, I think he will. I mean, he, he's he been splitting time with Jahair Jones. I don't see that changing. Uh, Benzel's been playing pretty well. He knows the plays now. And he came here to play. And the coaches brought him here to play. So, yeah, I don't see his role going backwards f- for sure. And um, he's been doing better. Um, will they redshirt? any of the young receivers um i'm not really sure yet uh you know i think i think it makes sense uh but you know they've all been playing so it's going to depend on what the coaches decide to do moving forward um what other kids will redshirt i mean i think you can count on jordan miller redshirting i think you can count on nigel bethel redshirting and uh uh, the rest is a fluid situation. And uh, you know I, I hope they're rich three of those receivers that, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Can Corey Gaynor at center be better than Tyler Gauthier? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, Gauthier is be, he's, he's gotten pretty good, but uh, I think Corey Gaynor more than likely will be the starting Senator next year and can be a good workman like player. I don't expect him to be a superstar, uh, I'm not sure he's got that type of potential, but he's a hardworking kid. He's he's tough, and he should be able to be a serviceable center. Um, is there any concern about the lack of quality depth in the secondary going into ACC play? Um, I would say, yeah, uh, there's, there's a little concern at corner for sure. I mean, take a look at the LSU game, at what happened the second that Trajan Bandy went out of the game. I mean, you saw a serious drop-off. In play. They brought Javante Dean into the game. He was horrendous. Uh, so, you know, you lose Bandy or Michael Jackson, and you suddenly have a little bit of a problem. I mean, look at, look at what happened when all the backup DBs went into the game against FIU. I mean, FIU put up a quick, you know, 17 points. So, not a ton of quality depth, particularly a corner. I think it's a little better at safety. Uh, so, hope that everybody. Stays healthy. All right, final call of the night. Let's go out to the three one eight. You're live on Kane Sport Live.
16: What's going on, Gary? You know it's just Port City Kane again.
1: Uh, hey, what's up, Port City? Uh, How are you, man? I
16: can't. I can't believe it. You know, we. Uh, I, I was watching the game Saturday, and I just really enjoyed what I saw out in the cozy period. But I think we all got to kind of be a little patient. Yeah, we got. We got, Yeah, we all gotta, we got. We all, all got to be a little patient. With him uh, and what he's uh, and you know his development and things like that. So, you know, I'd be like to see it. But the one thing that I noticed about him that was a lot better than Malik Rogers was that <clears throat> he ran to pass and he kept his eyes down the field. And uh, that's something that you really had seen. But you know, I think it's on the table for him. You know, if he come out there and uh, and hit a home run next week, you know, and keep on stringing together home runs. You know, then, you know, it, it could be his home. You know, so it's his chance if if he get a chance to start, if it, if it's, if it's his chance, he gotta make the most of it. Uh but uh what I like to say is I wanna echo what another guy said. Uh Romeo Finley is playing pretty good ball. I mean, especially at that striker position. You know, I seen him uh when I went to the game uh in uh Dallas, he broke up that pass and so you know we got a lot of good things that's going on right believe he's been doing better DeAndre.
1: he's been you know, doing better you got you guys that have been bringing that up tonight are right he has been doing better
16: he he's been doing better and uh another thing on the recruiting front it's just like it ain't over until it's over you know but I say this right here, I agree with you all Tyreek uh Stevenson and the Dent, they game changer him him and uh neil if you get those three I mean, you totally changed the dimension of that program altogether. Because it's like now, you know, you're gonna already have some new defensive ends that are in there, but if you can get those guys to make that quarterback hold the ball just and I think those guys are almost plug and play guys. I mean they almost if they get on the if they get on the team, it's gonna be hard to see them, you know, sit back and not playing. Would you agree with well, me?
1: Well, you got to replace Michael Jackson, and I'm not sure who that's going to be and you know, if you look at the way Jason Campbell walked into Georgia, uh you know I, I think that you could expect the same out of one of these kids and uh i don't think, I don't know that they're going to get both of them I, I I think your best wish would probably be to get one of the two. I think there's a better chance at Dan than Tyreek yeah.
16: And I think it is uh, another thing. Uh, we haven't heard anything. Have you have have uh, the recruiting of Darnell White right right went dead? And until he comes to South Florida, you don't you got to take our best off, right?
1: Darnell Wright? So, refresh the uh, who...
16: offensive tackle. The, the offensive tackle from West Virginia. The the guy oh, that's went right um... along with Evan there.
1: Yeah, you're talking about the kid that's committed to uh, Mississippi State, right?
16: No, not the kid from North Florida, but the kid from West Virginia. The kid from – the big tackle from West Virginia that was right along him and uh, Evan Neal are right along rated in there, and he ne- but he never made a visit down to South Florida.
1: So, oh, okay. You know, and they, they – yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure how much he's in the in the picture to be honest with you. I, I there's there's a kid at Miss the uh, um named Darius Washington from Pensacola.
6: hmm
1: Um he's gonna visit for the FSU game. He's committed to Mississippi mm-hmm. State right now and um they're trying to flip him.
4: Well that's
16: and let me ask you this. Out of all the defensive tackles that are recruiting in it right now, is there anybody this has a similar game to Gerald Willis that we're recruiting right now. Is I mean, because Ingram isn't that type of guy uh, that you know, just that one gap annihilator that penetrates and you know penetrates the way Gerald Willis does.
1: I don't know, man. I mean, that you know, that that's asking a lot. I mean, right now I would say they're doing better with defensive ends than they are with tackles. Uh, they're gonna have to find themselves. Uh, you know they they they've got they got the kid out of Georgia, the Jalar Holly mm-hmm. kid who, who they like. Uh, they got the kid out of uh, New York, Jason Blissett. Mm-hmm. And you know the, yep. somewhere somehow they, to me they're going to have to find one more um, you know big time tackle prospect.
16: And that probably would be Ingram, right?
1: He could, I, yeah. I do. I think he'll be in the class for sure. Uh, he he could be that guy, possibly.
16: And my last point, Gary, and I'm going to let you go. Uh, Brevin Jordan right now is on pace. I mean, Brevin, uh, the uh, the tight end, he's on pace, pace to be an all-ACC tight end right now because he has more catches, more touchdown catches, and more yards than any other tight end in the conference right now.
1: He's doing great. He's everything he's you could have wanted, everything that you thought he would be coming out of high school.
16: Absolutely, and and to be honest with you, when 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 the cozy pair is in the game, he's a bigger factor than when uh he's a bigger factor than when Malik's in the game. And another thing that was noted in that that should have been noted in that game is that the cozy did better on third downs. It, it, uh, I mean, more, dramatically better on third downs than Malik Roger. I'm not saying that he should start or anything like like that. But his wheels, and even those guys—the guy from Clemson, the guy from Alabama, the rest of them—the one difference between Malik Roger when he I mean when uh Nikosiapair run, he had the ability to juke guys. Some guys are good just straight line runners, but Nikosiapair can actually juke a guy and uh and and do yeah, he's a little more than. Bit.
1: Yeah, he is. He's a little more nimble on his feet than Malik.
16: He really And I'm coming in a lot of those. So, you know, I mean, it just you know, it just all depends. If he can hit the ball out the park tomorrow night and continue to do so, then, you know, the job is his. But, I mean, really, to be honest with you, he opened a lot of eyes because once he got in there and he, he led those scoring drives the way he did, I mean, even no matter what it is, that uh kind of made a lot of people piqued a lot of people' te- uh, attention. But hey, look, I want you to have a blessed night, and I look forward to talking to you again. And we'll be four and one going
1: into FSU week. All right, man. Hey, thank you as always for being part of the show. All right, guys, great show tonight. A lot of great opinions. It's gonna be exciting to- tomorrow night. Uh, I I want to see what Mark Rick does with this thing. It's going to be kind of cool, actually. Uh, You know, it's nice to see Nicosi finally in the mix. Been looking for that for a long time. Um, We can debate forever. Is he the future of the program? Is he not the future? Uh, The truth is we don't know right now. I mean, that sample size, like I said, with FIU, it it was, it was a great start. It's certainly not the middle or the end. And, uh, Tomorrow night, depending on how Mark Rick chooses to go about this and use him, I think it's the next, next step in degree of, degree of difficulty. And it'll be nice to see how he does. And, uh, but I, I, I don't think that Mark Rick will give up totally on Malik Rozier. I, I, like I said, I think there's a decent chance that this team will need Malik Rozier at some point in these next eight games, even if he doesn't start tomorrow night. Right, I want to thank Ryan Collins coming on with uh, Bruce Warner and our Sicilian oven point counterpoint segment uh, gave some great insight. If anybody out there joined us late, make sure you uh, listen to the podcast about the hour and the 15 minute mark. Uh, had a great segment with Ryan Collins talking about his own experience as a quarterback and the battles that he had with Frank Costa and what it was like for him to experience what Malik Rozier and the cozy Perry are experiencing themselves right now. Obviously, want to thank Sicilian Oven for once again sponsoring our show. Uh, Try them out. You need a place to go eat tomorrow before you go to the stadium. Um, Maybe pick up some food for your tailgate. Check out one of those Sicilian Oven locations near near Hard Rock. You got the one in Aventura, uh, which would be a really, really good one if you're coming from the east. It's at 205th and Biscayne. Uh, You've got the one in Plantation, which is at the Fountains Complex off of University Drive over there in Plantation. Uh, Those are the two closest to the stadium. Uh, If if that's not convenient for you, stop at one of their other locations sometime. The one on Oakland Park Boulevard just west of Bayview in Fort Lauderdale has a full liquor bar. Uh, You've got locations at Boca Raton, uh, Lighthouse Point, uh, Coral Springs on Sample Road and 101st. So uh, Sicilian Oven. Great food at all those locations, and uh, try them out sometime. You won't be sorry. We'll be back next week in our usual slot on Tuesday night to slice and dice what we see tomorrow against North Carolina and start getting ready for FSU, a game that probably won't have the usual Miami FSU buildup, but make no mistake, it's still FSU, and that comes with a lot of excitement itself. So uh, for those of you that will be out at Hard Rock tomorrow night, I'll see you there. For those that aren't, enjoy watching the game on TV. A lot to be excited about. And we'll be back here next Tuesday night. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great night.